This episode of Android's Amazing Podcast is brought to you by Cthulhu is Hard to Spell. If you love Lovecraft, this is a love letter to Lovecraft fans of all kinds. From those that obsess about Cthulhu, to ones that never want to leave Arkham, to the ones that keep a copy of the Necronomicon under their pillow, and everyone in between. Whether you are a casual fan or a rabid one, this book has got you covered. Go check out their Kickstarter page in the description and throw them a dollar or two to help fund Volume 2 of Cthulhu is Hard to Spell, The Terrible Twos. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Android's Amazing Podcast. I'm your guest host today, Bane, making his star-studded appearance from Harley Quinn. We'll get to that later, though. I'm joined by Hunter Van Leerup <laughs> and James Santana. Oh, God. Hello, James. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to blow something up? I will. No, you have you have explosions. My explosions. <laughs> what mean, the fuck, explosions? You mean explosives? Uh, no, explosions. <laughs> we are brought to you by Android's amazing barca- uh, comics down in Sable. I'm sorry, I'm new here. It's my first day. <laughs> Let me come down. Now let's start the show with some news, James. What do you have for me, Hunter? Uh, I've tied him up in the back for now. He'll come back later. Oh God. <laughs> oh. Shut up! Be quiet. So weird. A- you. It's a weird ASMR thing now. No, it's not. It's normal ASMR. Not weird. <laughs> so we start off with some Warren Ellis news. Uh, Who about- is Warren Ellis? It's just a bunch of books. Oh, uh, cool. I didn't know. Now you're a blank. That's worse when I'm from He's the done spot. injection and Project Superpowers was him too. Was that him? Yes. That's Sorry, Warren. I was thinking about it for That's us. Warren Ellis. <laughs> I saw, Why does Bane know more than you? I know. I oh, Warren Ellis also did Castlevania. Yes. The show. Yes. It's season three. And yeah, it's Warren Ellis. Yeah, no, I, I watched it. I finished it. You're correct. Uh, so, we've talked about this on the show before when they first announced it. Now we're going to talk about the cancellation. Uh, Warren Ellis confirmed that DC canceled Wildcats after being postponed a couple of months back. They couldn't continue without a replacement artist for uh, Valbios. Uh, did they explain those. why? No. They shopped it around. I can't. I can't with you. <laughs> Hunter's back. Hello. Oh, wait, wait. How long is this? Like, I, was, I was literally, I was losing it. I'm like, like dude, I will like, murder you. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, they couldn't oh. find a replacement for him. He got uh, caught up in a bunch of projects. Okay. So, and then he couldn't make time for it, and it kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. So DC said, hey, you need to either cancel it or find an artist, and right. no one else. He called like five people, and no one else was able to do it. All right, it. so this is where I stand on things like this. This is where I have a... Problem, and we'll talk about this actually when we talk about three jokers in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, oh god. Well, we'll, actually, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll jump back to the, you will jump to that in a second. My problem is when you uh, launch a book or you announce a book, you should have at least, if you're a six issue series, you should have at least uh, two and a half issues in the bag. Let's say. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have issue one, so it's already set, it's at the printer. All you have to do is send it to the printer and for, you know, without. Having to change certain things because of, because of like a character design change or a big storyline happens that you have to change. It should be at least an issue. Issue. I don't know how it works on reality. You know, we try to we try to stay up to like really what the behind the scenes stuff is. But honestly, I don't know because everybody's different. You know, there are some artists and writers that get books done early and they have time to change and edit. Because exactly. you want that time to change and edit. Yeah, you, you want the makeup time, but some people just have so many other books right. that they drop deadlines. That's why you don't see a lot of artists on more than one book. Right, and it's Unless fair. they're just cover artists. Right, and we were talking about that before before we were recording. Um, I think the big thing is 
um, when you have a book like Wildcats that was coming out of the Wildstorm book, mm-hmm. and your one your Wildstorm book was delayed. Yeah, it was postponed a bunch of times. You know, so I feel like that hurts it automatically. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're trying to get an artist, where you have an artist lined up that can't all of a sudden do it, and then you're trying to find a replacement, it's it's hard enough. You, you're already gonna have a hard time re- finding a replacement. Mm-hmm. It's an artist. You, you can't... It's going to be hard calling someone, hey, can you jump on my 12-issue series? Yeah, hop on my book, please? Yeah, like, it's not <laughs> happening. Like, it, it's, it's, it's not like it's impossible. Yeah. But it's going to be very hard. So I think the problem with Warren Ellis doing this is that they should have... And again, I think a lot of it comes down to him working on Castlevania, him working on other projects himself. You know? So it's one of those things like, hey, I'm going to buckle down. I wrote the scripts out. You know, and the artist had to back out. I can find another artist. Let me find another artist. But now you're you're, you're jammed. You know, it kind of sucks. It sucks that, that when that happens, you know? Especially you were hyping it up. Because you know what it is? It makes the Wildstorm miniseries useless. Yeah. I don't understand why they even, like... I understand he wanted to bring back, like, the Wildstorm, Wildcats right. imprint. But I feel like he did it in such a weird way that it didn't come off natural and it came off a little forced right so like, i have this two-year plan and then we're gonna do 12 spin-offs and i was like oh i don't mind down. that i see i don't mind it's like doing an imprint it's, it's like it's it like wasn't imprint. yeah it's just like yeah. sh- like showing uh sean murphy doing uh the the, the murphy verse yeah. stuff it's the same premise doing a mini series and yeah. spinning out the mini the uh, sorry doing a maxi series spinning out the mini series wanted to do all himself right and he that's didn't the like get any other writers to that's the thing in. you need i would have done the main book and then maybe Michael Cray, because that's what he right, cause that, cause that's And then have, like, one of his buddies jump on, like, right. a grifter. Or right. the engineer. Or, right. or uh, talk, any you know, other Wildstorm like, character. You know, you know, you can do it like that. Where, like, you you and, like, a couple of your writer friends or someone that's, that you know is like, hey, I have a good Grifter story. I read your miniseries. Hey, I have an idea for Grifter that fits into your miniseries. Yeah. Into the world you built. Okay, cool. I have a, a prelude that can explore a little bit more of an engineer's background set in your universe. Okay, cool. And setting it up that way... Again, this is just us talking nonsense sometimes, but like, it's sometimes easy. The easy way is sometimes the right answer. Yeah. You know, instead, I get wanting to do it yourself because you have a vision. Yeah. You know, of course, like you have a vision of how, you know, if you're you can't run an imprint by yourself. You can't. Even Sean Murphy showed that he goes, "I'm doing it. I'm not Joe writing." Hill is doing it, but at least he had a bunch of artists lined up. Right. Like, already and he has and other he's, not, he's not doing it all by right. himself he's doing the main two he's only he's, he's only, doing baskets and plunge i think that's it or baskets and daphne and i forget what he's doing but either way he, he's doing like a couple of books here and there but yeah. he's not doing the entire yeah. imprint that'd be like imagine ellis like, should have done storm and cray and then done a bunch of others other people and then came back to wildcats later right or done like hey it's gonna be me and whoever doing wildcats yeah, but i think when ellis launched this castlevania only had the one season right i didn't think they were gonna get another no one. I and think then they kept getting more, so right. he kept getting busy with that. So I think he should have... He's working on another TV show, I think, too. He is. He is. Um, I think it's Trees. I think it's Trees. Is, it, is he Trees? I think Trees came out in between this. Yeah, in his other books. Yeah, yeah. Trees came out in between this. So I think a lot of it is him being bogged down with, with projects, the artist being bogged down with projects, mm-hmm. and I think it was just the, the, their schedule's not meshing, and exactly. that's really what happened. So we'll jump from, like, talk about the late news to Three Jokers, which I sent you yesterday. Hunt, do you want to cover some of the three, three, three Joker news? I'm fucking excited. Three Jokers is finally coming out. Yes. Jason Fabek and uh, Jeff Johns finally announced it's coming out in June. June? June and 17th. oh my god! Finally. 
And you, it was teased for three years. And you and you know three what I want to say. Three years, three jokers. And you know what I want to say. Scott Snyder, Didio, Dooms the Clock. Yeah, it's a lot. Scott, of, I don't think Scott Snyder really pushed that. No, no, that no, wasn't him. No. But that's just I, your usual. That's my normal. Usually Jeff John's rant. Yeah. <laughs> it's Didio, for sure. But, it, but I don't think that's what was holding him. I don't think that's what stopped him from releasing it now. I think that was holding him back prior. Right. Yeah. Right. That's why he was able to release yeah, it now. It would even if he. Because this is obviously planned. Even if Didio wasn't fired, right. this book would still come out in June. Right. I just right. think if Didio wasn't forcing it to be pushed back, it would have came out last year when it was right. announced, or yeah. two years ago when it was announced. Exactly. So I think a lot of it was because of that. Um, because if you look, <laughs> Favok, if it, they are, because the way John said it, and Favok said it on Entertainment Weekly, they straight up were like, "We are." We won't do, and there won't be any more delays because it, it's done. We're officially yeah, done finished, with it. It's only like three it's, issues, right? Yeah, it's been done. It's one issue for each one, kind of. Yeah, it's been done for like a year. Yeah. And this is where I get annoyed where you promised us two years ago. Yeah. So for you not to. You teased us three so, years ago. So, yeah, you teased us three years ago with, uh, <laughs> with at the end with of. The um, with uh, with Mo- Yeah, just like issue 50. Uh, 50. Yeah, issue 50. 50 or 51, I forget. Either one. Yeah. Um, at the end of Dark Side War. You yeah. tease it. Then you go, all right, cool. So we figured that, and they're like, we had know. the artwork floating around for two years, right? They teased it. <laughs> then we got the Doomsday Clock. I was like, it's gonna come out post Doomsday Clock. Yeah, because it takes place after that canonical okay. timeline. Cool. Fine. Awesome. And then Doomsday Clock kept getting because po- Doomsday Clock got pushed back. They made this get pushed back, and this yeah. goes back to the the Dio being an awful publisher with this book. Mm-hmm. And this is my problem when you have, if you have a problem with someone you're working with, especially if you're their boss. You cannot take it out on fans, thinking that your, the fans will go against, like, agree with you. Because yeah. what they're going to do is get mad at you for putting the book off. And because mm-hmm. they know it's your fault. At the end of the day, it's your fault. Because yeah. everyone's like, oh, well, it, it's it's John's fault. Well, no, John's like, I've been done with the script for a year and a half now. Yeah, the only thing he's laid on is Shazam. Yeah, and that's because of... weird. We know, <laughs> well, well, we'll find out more as time goes yeah, on. That might, that might but it might have been a Dio thing. Because he might have been like, oh, well, I want you to change his amp to a 5G thing where it's this. And he was like, no. No. And then they was like, well, then your books hold. Right. <laughs> I don't think that's what really happens. But you can. You should speculate about it. Right. It's just something that flows through your brain. Right. Because like, it's one of those, like, you could do that technically. Yeah. And it's kind of douchey if you Johns do. has done ongoings before. Yeah. And he's so, like, never why, had a problem. Yeah, so, like, why is recently, why is his Shazam book getting pushed back 11 weeks? Right. Like, the got book, pushed back ele- like three, four months. Right. The books that he was... Every book he was doing was getting delayed. Yeah. Doomsday Clock, Shazam, Three Jokers. Books. He was doing two books besides the because the two that came out. Right, right. At least. Yeah. And they kept getting pushed back and like, back and why? back. Like, why? Now... I know he's busy. He's writing... He's doing a couple movies, right. I think, for DC. He's the showrunner for the, right. the animated movies. Right. But, but still. Yeah, that's no... You're working on two books. <laughs> and he's working what? on Flash, kind of. Right. And you were... When he was heading DC and, and doing a bunch of other stuff, mm-hmm. everything came out on time. Yeah. That's a, that just tells you something that was more of a behind-the-scenes thing with him. Anyway, but it's great. I can't wait. Um, it definitely is gonna be cool. I cannot wait. This has been teased, dude. I just can't wait to see how they're gonna do it and if it's actually canon. It is canon. No, yeah, but like uh, how, Josh, how they're gonna Josh, spin it into the canon. They they, they talked about it in uh, the Entertainment Weekly article mm-hmm. uh, when they when they actually announced it for the first time. Um, it is canon. It takes place after Doomsday Clock. Yeah. It takes place after Tom King's run and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it um. They'll explain it, it explains itself in the book. Yeah, obviously. That's I all it does. I would think. Which is fine. Like, how are, like, the three Jokers, it makes sense, the eras, like, three they, different yeah. eras of Jokers, and obviously they, they look said, different and they act different. Right. But that's just writers. Right. 
Uh, they said it's not multiversal. It's not anything to do with the multiverse. I think it's just three dudes. Yeah, that's still they'll, they'll say it's just three crazy guys. Right, they're, they're gonna show you. They're gonna show yeah. it all. So I think it's gonna be like the whole Red Hood legacy thing, where it's like right. it's a thing that was passed down, or like when one Joker disappears for a while, someone right. goes, "What if I do it?" Right. Oh, the Joker it. died, and it's, then it's someone filling an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, remember the first Joker that ever appeared in comics died at the end of his Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the movie where it's kind of like a legacy setup where yeah. Joaquin's character sets up like. Maybe this isn't the Joker because right. he's alive when Bruce Wayne's a kid. Right. But it's a Joker. Right. And he's like the start of the. And we'll see. We'll see how he fits in the canon. Yeah. It's Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns knows. Dude, he did Green Lantern Rebirth, uh, yeah. Reborn, and then Flash, and then Flashpoint. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he knows. What he he manages to fit everything in. There. Yeah. Even for Doomsday Clock in somehow. Yeah, he'll Doomsday do Clock that. is just nuts. Yeah, he he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And Shazam Definitely. is going crazy too. Yeah, so we'll jump from there to some... Uh, <sighs> Let's do some, some indie news. Cool. Let's we'll... jump to Jeff Lemire. All right, I'll cover this, man. Gotcha. All right, Jeff Lemire and Tyler Kirk are expanding the Black Hammer Universe, Black Hammer Universe once again with a new miniseries titled Colonel Weird Cosmogog. Cosmogog. Coming in April. So, again... <laughs> That's that weird space guy, right? Right. I've Colonel Weird. Colonel Weird's the, the Green Lantern analog. Yeah. Uh, Green Lantern, pulp, space hero guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's like Adam Strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is really cool. I do want to see the explainer because he's one of the characters that has a lot of holes in his history. Because he's because because of uh, of his power set, he's in and he's everywhere at the same time. Technically, that is like Adam Strange. Right. Well, Adam Strange. No, no. He's not two places at once, but he's in two worlds. The man of two worlds. Right. He's man of two so worlds. Kind of like. Well, yeah. Well, again, he's based on the sci-fi pulp hero yeah. stuff. So, but no, he himself because of uh, of him teleporting and transporting himself to that that parallel world, mm-hmm. he's everywhere at once. So, uh, very Dr. Manhattan-y type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is kind of one of those, uh, the, the miniseries, again, if you're a Black Hammer fan, I definitely recommend go, going out of your way to go get this book. I will be reviewing this book when it comes out. I need to get into it. Um, I'm on volume two Black Hammer now. Um, we're going to see, again, Black, what's cool about the Black Hammer universe and what's cool about Jeff Lemire is that there is always expansive because he left enough wiggle room to his universe yeah. that other writers can expand on it. Because yeah. the main Black Hammer book... I mean, mostly he's he does most of the writing. Right, he, he did, didn't write one series. He didn't He didn't write most... He did the main series, and um, the main series, Quantum Age... He's doing uh, Skulldigger. And 45. He's, not, Skull, he's doing Skulldigger. Is he doing yeah. Skulldigger? Yeah. Oh, he's so doing he's, this one. Yeah, he's I doing think Skulldigger. he did all of them except for two of them. He did the crossover with Justice League, though. That's right, it. yeah. And he did... Uh, and maybe we're wrong and he's done everything. Yeah, but he's it's always different artists. Right, different artists. I know he uh, he might have done the I don't know if he did the one shots that when they make up the uh, the trade the uh, tales. Uh, oh yeah, Power City. those are all the one shots. Yeah. I don't think he did the one shots. Either way, either way, they're adding more to it, and that's good. I love when like certain writers like Lemire, Magnola, and oh god, who's the other one? Layman. We'll get into that later though, where they can expand their old book. Right. With more stuff. And what was cool is what he did was he waited till the series was really over or towards yeah. the end when he started doing the expansions. Yeah, Mignola finished up his main Hellboy run. Not like yeah. his main main, but like one of the bigger stories. And then he was like, what if this character had like a five-issue mini? Right. What if Abe Sapien had 40 issues of books? Like, right. what are these other characters, the BRPD, what's yeah. Rasputin doing? And he did them. Lobster Johnson, but like he does them slowly. He always writes them and he gets a bunch of different artists to jump on. Right. And like, he it's jumps super to, cool to see And because follows. of the and way. And it makes an ever-expanding right. universe. And the way, he exp- the way he formatted his universe is like, the story doesn't start with the appearance of Hellboy. Like the like Black Hammer doesn't start with the appearance of the first super- superheroes. Yeah. It's literally in the middle of a, a random time. I think the it's oldest, right after the, cra- I think the, the crisis. The oldest one is on um, forty-five, but then right. it's Skulldigger is the next timeline one. Right. 
Because Skulldigger is like one of those heroes that's no, mentioned Skull in the book. Uh, well, no, in timeline, like Skulldigger takes place while the heroes are, are at the farm. Yeah, which it's is... parallel. It's parallel because okay, it's yeah, at, it's true. it's before. Because I'm it's just still, trying to make still, assumptions based off right. What it's told still, well because it's still yeah. going on. So it's after it's after uh, Sherlock Frankenstein. Yeah, because um, Grim uh, Grimjack broke out. Not Grimjack. Uh, the villain broke out of the yeah. uh, of prison. So it's after that. It's after Sherlock Frankenstein. Okay. But yeah, so they fall in, in the timeline, but they because of the way the story is formatted, it can fall in whenever you want. You can have it take place after the heroes return from the farm, or however the story ends, I haven't finished Black Hammer yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you can set it beforehand, like 45, for example. Yeah. You, can, you, you I wouldn't be surprised if they did like a, um, an Abraham uh, miniseries. Mm-hmm. You can. Or, uh, oh my God, what's the, uh, Glory, uh, Glory. Yeah, the Shazam. Yeah, doing a miniseries when she was younger. Mm-hmm. They do, because she's a 45-year-old yeah, woman. Yeah, with her Shazam family. She's a, she's an old woman by the time yeah. that she gets trapped on the farm. So she has a time from when she got her powers when she was nine. Yeah. So sometimes she's an old lady to cover. Mm-hmm. So there's, that's what's cool yeah, about the Mike Hammer slowly years. he'll just dig into it, just yeah. like how Magnola does. Exactly. So speaking of Layman, uh, John Layman announced a new Chew spinoff slash sequel called Chew C-H-U. Fresh off the heels of the Outer Darkness Chew crossover miniseries, yep, yep. featuring his sister Saffron coming in June, expanding that Chew universe. Universe. The Chew universe, which is cool. <laughs> and again, it also Chew ended in 2016. Yes. After 60 or so issues, we're starting in 2006. Yes. And then they have this. Then he jumped onto Outer Darkness, and then he just finally brought them all together. And now, yes, in the crossover. Yes. But we don't know if that's canon yet. It is officially. It is. It is. In it's it's their future. It's in Chew. Yeah, but they say it's your future, but really, but like, is it gonna take? Are they gonna talk about it in the new Chew book? No, because the new Chew book is present time. Yes, but I, I get. I, I don't want any spoilers, just in case. But like, still. Yeah, it was Willie. So, um. So yeah, that's coming. After Chew ends, this so the Chew, the new Chew book, is um a direct sequel to the original Chew book. Yeah. Outer uh, Darkness is the future. It's like yeah. you know, it, it, it's for the best example. Um, it's like. Doing Days of Future's Past, but if Days of Future's Past was absolutely canon, yeah, because it because of the way the characters work in Out of Darkness, it's so far in the future it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's set you know five years from now or like oh it's it's a hundred years from now. Yeah. It's just so far in the future it doesn't matter. So they're like, yeah, that's your direct future. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it can line up goes Chew Chew Out of Darkness and whatever else they want to kind of fill yeah. in, you know. Farmhand might be a crossover in there because Rob Golaroy, I think that's how you pronounce it. He's doing Farmhand. Yes, I think that would be cool to have like them crossover. That would be a cool form. crossover, and it doesn't have to be canon. It doesn't have to be, yeah, but it'd be cool because they're because Layman's the writer of Outer Darkness, but not the the artist isn't Golaroy. So having right. them crossover is kind of cool. Right. So doing Farmhand would be fun too. Final crossover news, I guess. Yeah. So much crossover stuff and expanded universe things. Uh, Image announced a Kick-Ass versus Hit-Girl crossover, which is the new Kick-Ass. Yes, yes, yes. And it's being done by Steve Niles and Marcelo Frugin. The current team doing Kick-Ass. Yeah. So what's cool about it is this is, they kind of, they were teasing this earlier on when they first announced both of those books. Mm-hmm. When they first announced Kick-Ass book, we're like, whatever. And then they announced Hit-Girl book, we're like, all right, so how does it work timeline-wise? And worlds-wise, and how does it work? So we know... This is all it's part of the Millarverse, but Millar doesn't write them. <laughs> right. No, it is. It's part of Millarverse. You're right. Yeah. But it's after Kick-Ass 3. We know it's after Kick-Ass, yeah, K- uh, Kick-Ass 3. Um, it's after Kick-Ass 3 in the first Hit-Girl volume. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they are now going to lead into a crossover with a. It's a series into itself. It will be called Hicker vs. Kickass vs. Hicker. Mm-hmm. And it's be the first time the two of them are meeting each other. A lot of it to to answer the question of why she hasn't done anything with her. Someone taking the mm-hmm. legacy of her friend. Of Dave, yeah. Yes. So that's Dave. really what the miniseries is going to be about. Which makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Which makes sense. Also, the character, someone's wearing your friend's outfit and. Yeah. It's every, it's every Batman story ever. Right. Or, like, <laughs> like, whenever a character dies, it's like, who the fuck is this? Let's go find him. Right. Like, why is this happening? Like, the Hawkeye Freefall book is happening right now. The Ronin is running around, and Barton's like, what is happening? Let's go find out. Exactly. Yeah. So. So we'll see from that's there. That's a fun book. So Last bit of news, James. Yes, it's this news. It's the last bit. It is the last bit of news. Yeah. Um... Well, yeah, it was announced this afternoon. Uh, Steve Orlando makes his Marvel debut with Darkhold, a miniseries that will focus on the mythical, mythical tone named the Darkhold, um, as it is now in the hands of Doctor Doom. Yeah, so Steve Orlando was originally a DC exclusive writer, but his contract recently expired after his Martian Manhunter and Wonder Woman books yes. have finished. Wonder Woman, is his story is done in May or June? They just announced a new creative team, and... Marshall Man finished up last month. So having him jump onto a Marvel book I think is really cool. And it's being like a mini banner event. Yeah, so it's not like no, a full no, thing. No, it's, it's, no, it's just like a, a small mini. mini event. So it starts off with yeah. Dark Horse. It's going to be uh, a miniseries in itself. It's yeah, going to be Dark Horse. It's Doom, Hall. Scarlet Witch, and uh, right. someone else magic. I forgot. Uh, what I so this is what it is. Voodoo, I think. Um, well, it might. This, we don't know that much about it. Yeah. So really what it is, uh, it's going to be. Blah, blah, blah. For hundreds of years, scholars and heroes alike have searched for the, the complete text of the Darkhold, a.k.a. the Book of the Damned, written by the Elder God uh, Chatheron. Now, one of the greatest sorcerers in the multiverse has found it, Doctor Doom. And Chatheron has found him. To save them all, the Scarlet Witch must gather the world's greatest heroes and unleash it in a darkness. It was Darkhold, uh, Darkhold Alpha 1. Um, it's like uh, the... It's like Annihilation Scourge, I think. Right, it's gonna it's be gonna one. Be of, it's gonna be Omega, a series of one shot. Doctor Doom, Scarlet Witch, Avengers, right. or something. It might be, yeah. It might be like Brotherhood. It might be. You might see a bunch of different, um, yeah. like different magic. I think that's guys, really cool. Which is fine. I don't mind yeah, things. I love like Orlando. That. Uh, I want him to do another Midnighter story. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> He's so good. Again, it'd be it'd be nice to see um, what they're going to do mm-hmm. with some of this. I wonder if this, they're using this more of a chance to expand on the magical part of the MCU. Um, gearing up towards um, Doctor Strange uh, Multiverse Madness. I think there's all in Scarlet Witch Vision. And, yeah, Scarlet Witch Vision. Yeah. Vision. Um, there's also just with Strange Academy launching and them expanding more of the like the not cosmic, more of magic. the magical yeah. universe. We haven't seen that since the last days of Magic and Damnation. Right. But now they're gonna start expanding again. I think that's really cool. Right. It's it, it's it's because never every time Marvel dips their toe into magic. I love it. And yeah, it's Savage cool. Avengers and the Conan stuff is the most magic we've had in a while, besides the main Doctor Strange series. Right. At least in my opinion. I think it's cool that they're going to... What they're going to do is that a way they can... It's a way to expand the universe. Again, it's a way to show some stuff, but not go absolutely nuts Yeah. by saturating the market. And again, it's all about timing. It's all about timing. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this because of whatever. Because uh, the movie's coming out. Uh, that's Strange is coming out. WandaVision is coming out. Let's talk about more magic Eternals stuff. with Black Knight. Right. The let's talk Black about Black Knight tie-in somewhere. Yeah, let's something. talk about m- more magic stuff so mm-hmm. we can actually show it. You know, other than that, it's kind of like the regular... I expect them to do this type of thing every once in a while. 
But these stories also, yes, as much as people like to they only do this for a movie. A lot of the stuff, the stuff that's written before, you know, they're not written until after. Yeah, and the movie Orlando now, so. probably approached them with this. Right. He maybe he might not have wanted to do Doctor Doom, but he said, "Hey, I want to do a magic story because he just came off Wonder Woman." Right. And he I has... want to do a magic story with Marvel characters. Right. Here's my pitch. A bad guy gets the dark. A bad guy gets basically the Book of the Dead, right? And goes crazy. And they're like, "Well, Doctor Doom has been doing some shit, and have Doctor Doom do it, right?" And then or like, if he came to him straight up, was like, hey, "Yeah, I he, he might have. He might have." But from what pitches usually come as, it's like, "Hey, I want to do something. What with characters X, can with, I have? With X char- Where, what, what sandbox can I play?" Well, it's like <laughs> I have this idea with X character. Okay, cool. Where you is he right now? In yeah. the multiverse? Ooh, can't use him. Right. Yeah. You know, like a Scarlet Witch was fucked off somewhere in like space or something. You couldn't use her for that, right? This, this Unless is... she came back. I mean, it would work to portals and shit, but like, yeah, still, that's why. So you need something. Yes, exactly. And we know she's still on Earth because of Strike Force and Strange Academy. Yep. So I'm glad Orlando's coming to Marvel. He hasn't been here. I don't think. Oh, debut? No, he's never been here. I thought he wrote one miniseries at one mm-hmm. point. Nope. Now he's been exclusive for years, I guess. Yes, he has. Yeah, I'm excited been. for Orlando. James. <laughs> So Let's much. get on to the main topic. What do we have? What are we doing? All right, guys. So for this week, we are doing a full spoiler cast on Holly Quinn, the animated TV show, which premiered on the DC Universe app. Uh, season 2 comes out on April... What did I tell April you? April 7th or something. 13th. Okay. 7th? I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. I'm just in it. November 29th, 2019 was the original episode, and then the others came out weekly. I'm going to punch you in the head. No. Bane, get out of here. No! No, 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 don't want to leave. Never. I have no other friends. (laughs) I blew up Todd. I mean, that's fair. (laughs) All right, so we're going to run down through some of the episodes. We'll talk about our favorite moments, things that we want to change, and the basic full review, guys. So if you haven't watched the series, definitely go out, get the uh, week free. Binge watch it and then. uh, (laughs) Don't promote that. That's not good. No, no, I'm not saying not to stick with it. Get it for the week free. Watch the episode and then watch mm-hmm. the episode. And then stick with it. Catch up some comic books, you know, some other series, and then watch season two when it comes out in a couple yeah, weeks. It was developed on the DC Universe app by Justin Halpern, Patrick Schumacher, and Dean Lowry. All right, you want to run through the cast, Hunter, for me? I will run through the cast. The main. I'm only going to run through the main guys. Right. And then maybe Bane. Uh, Kaylee Kyoko, of Big Bang fame from Big Bang, is Harley Quinn. Lake Bell has everything right now. She's in Bless This Mess. Uh, she's Poison Ivy. Uh, Deirdrich Barter, Bader, I think that's how you say his first name, is yep. Batman. He was from Brave and the Bold. Yes. He's in a bunch of stuff. He's our American housewife. He's, he's, a, he's the dad. He's also <laughs> Judah in Bojack Horseman. I've never uh, watched Bojack Horseman. Oh, uh, you should. You'd love it. Uh, Ron Funches is King Shark. Ron Yo. Funches is superstar comedian, has his own podcast, like craziness. He's super funny. You gotta love him. He was on that show Undateable for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Hale is uh, from Veep. He's um, Forky. He's, oh God, Arrested Development. Uh, he's playing Dr. Psycho. Yes, he is. Jason Alexander is Size Borgman. I believe Jason Alexander is from uh, Seinfeld, right? Thanks for helping me. Yes. Okay. I was just double checking, that's why. <laughs> J.B. Like- Smoove is Frank the Plant. J.B. Smoove is, um, he was the, most people would know him from being the, teacher in Far From Home that wasn't Martin Starr. Yes. <laughs> and he was also in uh, that Will Arnett TV show. Yes. And then Alan Tudyk is the Joker. 
uh, and Clayface. Alan Tudyk is from everything. If you don't know him, he's in Moana as the chicken. <laughs> he's also Miss Nobody in, in Doom Troll. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I was being a dick. He's been in everything. Uh, Firefly is probably what people know him from right. as a niche. Yes. And so then Bane is voiced by James uh, Adamane and myself. <laughs> you, just wanted, you just needed it, didn't you? There's so many people in this show. Tom Kenny's in it. Uh, Raul Coley, Phil Lamar, Howie Mandel is himself. Yes. Um, Frankie Muniz, um, Wanda Sykes, Rory Scoville, really cool. And Will Sasso. So that's the main cast and a couple of fun ones. Uh, Jacob Tremblay is Robin. He was uh, in that show Good Boys, uh, the movie Good Boys. Good boy, yes. He's like the new hot kid actor who's like shooting up the ranks because he's super crazy talented. Alright, so I'm going to run down your first episode. So that's your cast. Again, it, it's a really cool kind of story. It's crazy. Cast. It's, it's crazy cast. So, I, I just wish um, the Brooklyn accent would come out a little bit more. Kelly Kyoko, she tries. Yeah. In some episodes, you you hear, you hear it. Yeah. But like, it's not She's, always there. But it, It's an accent. You have to know, learn how exactly. to do it. That's and also, it she, if she can't, it, it works. It works still. And she's the second member from Big Bang to do it. To play yeah, Melissa Ranch did it first oh, in the uh, Batman. I love her. Batman Nightwing or Batman Harley Quinn but with Nightwing yeah it was based off the animated series it's right canon to the animated series yeah we talked about it yes. a couple weeks ago okay so I'm gonna run down your first episode our first episode is called Till Death Do Us Part uh, it is following the unsuccessful yacht robbery Harley Quinn is sent to Arkham Asylum though she firmly believes that her boss and lover Joker will break her out a uh, year has passed her best friend Poison Ivy gets her out during a prison break and tries to convince her that the Joker does not love her despite Ivy's support Holly's attempts to break up with the Joker fails after he sweet talks her into staying with him. The Riddler, who also escaped from Arkham, provokes Joker into telling Holly to kill him. Uh, Riddler, ca- Riddler captures her and Batman before giving Joker the choice to save one while the other dies. When the Joker ultimately chooses Batman, Holly finally realizes she's never met anything to uh, to the uh, to the Joker. It's also revealed the death trap was devised by Ivy and Riddler to drive to the point drive to the point home, and she was never in any real danger. Following costume change, Holly officially breaks up with the Joker and declares herself declares her intention to make a name for herself in the criminal underworld. And she wants a highway. <laughs> well, okay, so let's break down the actual episode because doing I've watched this two or three times, so I don't I, I remember it, but there's okay. I don't. So what's cool about it? So what's cool... you get to see the costume change, you get to see the whole yeah. revolution. It's really fun. It's, yeah, you, it's slow, but the energy's there. Right. So what's cool about the actual uh, episode? It, it, this is where you get to see. The introduction of Poison Ivy, who comes to the main cast, you get to see Poison Ivy's house. You see Frank the Plant. Frank the Plant. In that episode, uh, one of my favorite parts is when uh, he's got a little butt. He does actually. You really really see it later on <laughs> in the series. Uh, what's funny about it is when uh, she's in prison mm-hmm. and uh, she's uh, ta- this is the whole Calaman thing, mm-hmm. where it's like oh, Ivy, how long uh, Calaman, how long have I been here for? And it's like whatever. Yeah, how long has it been since the Joker uh, has come to visit you? And he goes, all these days. And, and he's like, 349 days, Ivy. And then uh, on his, the other side of the wife glass, is, it's his wife and his kid. His wife and kid are visiting. <laughs> and he's like, well, you can remember that cl- uh, Clown Horse Day, but you can't remember your son's birthday. And it's then, okay. I love you, Daddy. I got you a cactus. And then the, uh, the guards the are like, plant! And they shoot the plant, and they shoot the cactus. And it's like, this is why your dad doesn't love you, kid. <laughs> That's so good. The humor is there. Yes. The, the writing is spot on. There's a couple shoddy moments later on in the series, yeah. but everything wraps itself up nicely. Yes. I really like how everything is delivered. I feel like the voice actors know what they're doing. Yes. They're not missing any cues. Everything okay. just flows perfectly. Right. So it was cool. Yes, the entire series does revolve around her trying to get a name for herself. Uh, As a villain by... That's not... A that's not... 
a sidekick or associated with Joker. Yeah. yeah, or associated with Joker. She wants to make a name for herself. So kind of like, like the uh, New Fifty Two series, right? Um, you can see the big inspiration from that series exactly. Her down to her suit. It's the outfit. It's the attitude. It's the posse. Even though it's not the same characters, right. it's her getting her own apartment. Yeah, and her own crew. Ivy's, and her own crew. And that's where we see Doctor Psycho, Clayface, King Shark, technically Ivy, and technically Frank the Plant, yeah. and Size Borgman. But we'll get there. Yes. So moving on to the episode. We, it's called a high bar. We're not yeah. going to review. Uh, we're not going to go through the list of every episode, but I will read a sentence or two just to get the yeah, thing in there. Kind of the premise it's of what the, the uh, so Harley Quinn wants to join Legion of Doom, and she wants to uh, meet some of the guys that she's working with. So she goes to Penguin's nephew's Joshua, his bar mitzvah. Oh my god! And then she just causes mayhem there, and then Joker shows up because their whole he said she said thing. It's it's all fun and games. Yes. So so that was a great episode. It's got some good lines. That's the first appearance of Bane, Scarecrow, Two-Face. And Kite Man. Kite Man. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He wasn't on my main cast list. It's so Cause weird. Because he was only guest star. Technically. Well, he's been in, a, like, he was in like six episodes. I know. You continue. I'm going to look. Anyway, there. so this is where you get to see the Legion of Doom. You get to Matt, see... uh, Matt Oder- Oberg? Matt Oberg is Kite Man. Sorry. Okay. That's a problem. <laughs> uh, so it's cool. You get to see how high praise Joker is in the series, uh, where so much so that Bane, Joker, and Penguin are sorry, Bane, Scra- Scarecrow, and Two Face are more like sidekicks to the Joker in this. Yeah. Um, it's just it's Hell just yeah. even though they're all part of Legion of Doom, mm-hmm. um, it is so funny that they in order to crash the Legion of Doom, she she thinks what's funny is that the setup is that she thinks she's crashing a Legion of Doom event. Yeah. But it's not. It's Penguin's nephew's bar mitzvah. Yeah. And it's not like it's not that, and she thinks there is a. There's just a Legion of Doom team because they are yeah. It's Legion of Doom because they're because invited. They, Who would invite them? Right, to that? and they're also, it's, it's also at, um, they're also taking place at the uh, museum. Yeah, it's the museum uh, for. Oh no, it's not. A, it's a bank, I think. It's a bank. Yeah, it's Gotham a, National Bank. Yes, or the banquet hall above the bank, or some shit. Something like that, like that. Yeah. and they're going into uh, break into it, which is funny because the entire thing is a stage. Hi- they're they're going to do a heist. For Joshua. There's his first ever criminal heist. You yeah. Know? He's a man now. The crime. He's voiced by uh, Sean Giambrosi, I think that's how you pronounce his yeah. name. Or Giambrino. He's the Goldberg's kid. Yeah. It's, it's funny that the entire thing is it's a debacle. It's just, and it's funny because Holly goes in there with, again. It's Holly goes in there not knowing with the best full force and kills the shit out of Well, not kills him. She beats the crap out of these actors, basically. Yeah. And, oh, it's so good. It's funny. Like You get to see, like... The entire thing is it's like how they're There's interacting. There's a finger blasted joke. <laughs> the entire how they interact at the bar mitzvah. It's like yeah. it's this like weird awkward. Bane orders the chicken and the, or Bane, yeah Bane orders the chicken. Joker orders the steak, but the steak's too rubbery and they keep like you're like what I ordered. What, what? Oh and, god, oh, it's so good. It's super funny. You see them like it's like the most awkward. It's a weird awkward stuff that's happening. Yeah, where it's like okay cool because it doesn't. Because the main part of the story is where Holly's trying to get into Legion of Doom by breaking into her, but it's the yeah. funny, it, what helps that, that episode get elevated is the side comedy where, like, Kite Man's hitting on Ivy the yeah. entire episode. Yeah, and he thinks uh, using the love juice is going to, like, impress her, so he poisons a bunch of kids. Yeah. But he doesn't think about it, and he's they, ends up, they end up getting turned into plants and then going to be killed. So they fly back to her house, and then he gets naked because he thinks it's a sex thing. Why would we fly on a kite? A taxi would have been much faster. You knew we were going to... Why would you invite me into your house? Yeah. So it's a whole thing, and then you, you see a blossoming relationship, puns intended, uh, yeah, down the line. Oh God. <laughs> so you have that. Oh, it's, it's funny because um, Holly, this is where she's still committed to... Uh, even even that the entire thing was, the, you know, tit side up. Yeah. 
that she still wants to join the Legion of Doom. And I honestly, by this, by when this episode aired, I was like, tell me this is it's, the series is going to be 13 episodes of her trying to get in the Legion of Doom and she failing spectacularly. But what I was watching yeah, yeah. when this episode aired, mm-hmm. I would if this was going to be the I thought the, it was going to be more slapstick. Well, no, if this was going to be the premise of the entire 13 episodes yeah. and, and at the fun at the final episode of her joining the Legion, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have minded that concept. I didn't mind. I, I would anyway. I yeah. actually would have. I actually would have honestly looking, and I'll talk about it later on. I would have preferred that. I would have preferred and if I, it was I, a little I, bit longer. Yeah. And I will. I'll talk about that more when we get to yeah, talk when about we the, get to the like episode seven. When we talk about, when we talk about it as a wrap up of the series yeah. in general. So moving on to episode three, it's called "So You Need a Crew." After Joker does the robbery, she basically humiliates Harley Quinn, and she goes. Uh, she's trying to get this whole bomb for herself, but then Joker's henchmen show up, so she needs henchmen of her, of her own. So she goes to learn about the Queen of Fables who had her own henchmen. The Justice League locked her up in a book because, you know, women superhero, uh, women supervillains, wow, they're crazy, lock them up, but men just put them in prison, whatever, there's a whole that. So she's trying to recruit people. Oh, she keeps trying to get Ivy, but Ivy doesn't want to do it. Then she sees Dr. Psycho call Wonder Woman the C-word on TV, and she goes, not going to get him. And then, you know, eventually time goes on. Clayface is in a bar being an actor. And then it, it's just so much shenanigans ensue in this it's episode. The, like, the it's the Ocean Eleven episode. It's the, 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 the recruitment episode. Yes. She, uh, they go see Maxi Zeus. <laughs> so, oh, my God. We'll that was the funniest thing. Because he's like, he's the stereotypical, like, so if you. I thought it was Penn for what Teller when everyone talks. It's Will Sasso doing, like, a very good yeah, impression no, it's, that, I, least, I think. It was funny because uh, the. Only a few people know who Max Zeus is. I had no idea who he was. I only, <laughs> only know him from the Batman animated TV show. That's where he yeah. was from. And what was so funny about it is that he he has, he's never used it. He's because he's a super D-less villain. He's he robbed the Olympics and stole like the gold medals and the torch or something. Only in the yeah in, in, the, the, in the show yeah in the show. Well, because I like that it's more as the expansion of like in their own universe, like how being a superhero, how being a supervillain works. Mm-hmm. Is like oh well like oh you can be a super villain he's the cheesiest like he's uh, like a talk. talk yeah <laughs> and it's like he's just he's a spokesman and like he's that whole like skeevy you know oh disgusting like salesman like he was about to Weinstein freaking yeah, Holly for sure and I'm like dude I can definitely see this happening yeah like he's just such a, a skeevy scumbag mm-hmm. and it, but it's all about her. Getting a crew together because she, she thinks she needs a crew in order to get into the Legion of Doom. Well, she also needs henchmen she needs because help. she needs help fight doing things that she can't do by herself. Supervillains, what makes a good supervillain? Henchmen, having people that work under you to help you succeed. Yes. Because there's no Iron Team. Like, <laughs> that would have that been a good name for the episode. No Iron Team. That makes sense. <laughs> no Iron Harley. <laughs> uh, that's where we've been taking the wrong way, especially with that. <laughs> So, episode four, Finding Mr. Right, that is Harley Quinn looking for her nemesis. Joker has Batman, uh, Batman has Joker, Superman has Lex, um, so she's trying to build up a social media presence and find a worthy adversary. Right. So she, uh, Clayface finds King Shark as their tech guy, yes. and also a new henchman in King Shark, apologies, does a fantastic job of portraying, uh, like, it. not an angry shark, but when he's needed to be he's a shark, super... he's great. Well, no. There's, there's a heist episode coming up. Right, so... I think it's episode five In this six. specific episode, so he keeps talking about why he can't see blood. Oh, yeah. So... He's a shark. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, like, super nerdy, he's super, like, he, like, you yeah. expect him to do, like, mega crazy shark, like, like, King Shark, he does in the book. Yeah, and he just rips people apart and right. eats them and stuff. Like, read the new Suicide Squad book. Right. He goes crazy. 
So the entire thing, Holly is going after uh, to get to end up trying to get a nemesis in the turmoil of the entire thing. She ends up running into Robin. Kind of being Robin. Yeah. She ends up running into Robin. What ends up happening is because Robin and her fight, and yeah. it ends up being aired on TV. Yeah, he appears on the talk show with uh, which is like a um, Tisha Campbell's character, like a, like a t- it's Tawny, like a, Tawny talks. Yeah, it's like Wendy Williams. Yeah, uh, and it's Ro- it's Robin, Damian Wayne, Robin. Yeah, going out talking about how their nemesis and everything, and like he's playing it up, and the entire time is like Holly Quinn's like trying to like play it down, like no, no, it's not what happened. I'm not his I'm nemesis. I'm not fighting kids. I'm, I'm not, not fighting kids. Kill a kid. You're right, because it makes it look bad as a, a thing, and like he's using his, like he thinks it's a nemesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the entire episode is them trying to get another hero to be her nemesis. Yeah, so she, like, so kidnaps, at one point she kidnaps, kidnaps Lois Lane, yeah. <laughs> and Superman's like, Superman shows up, he's great, and he just like brings Robin. He's like, oh well, I told you she'd be Robin here. Robin appears on a flying hoverboard and fucking scoots in. I yeah, love it because he's like, oh, oh my nemesis. Like he's like playing up like he's like so they're really nemesis. Yeah, and so the funniest thing is like to watch this little kid like. I'm gonna beat you up! And she's like, oh my god. She's I like, no, I cannot kill a child. This is not cool. So what ends up happening, Robin ends up being kidnapped. And then they go on the talk show. Mm. And that's where Robin starts crying and he reveals that. Because he's... Harley kidnaps him to prove that they're not... To make him confess that they're not nemesis. Yeah. Nemesai? She uses Nemesai. King Shark as the uh, the scary shark in the right. tank. And because of that, he has a nosebleed. Yeah, because he gets and all upset. He gets upset and cries, and he has no sleep, and then falls into the vat. <laughs> and King Shark goes off. He becomes a the shark. Rail, <laughs> and it makes him. I'm gonna fr- fucking kill you! And yeah, he freaks <laughs> the hell out. Yeah. And Robin's now dangling there. Holly doesn't know what to do. And Batman Joker shows up. shows up. Batman and Joker show up. Because Joker is um, robbing a bank, and he thinks the press is gonna show up and right. video him, and the Batman's gonna show up. But then he sees on TV that. Um, Harley kidnapped Damien and then Batman shows up to fight her. Right. And then Joker's like, no, mine! And then goes there. Yes. <laughs> so now it's all of them fighting on this TV station. <laughs> where it, it really is just because, again, it's a whole, the, the, it's her road to being a member of the Legion of Doom is a complete... And also a villain that's by herself. Right. It's a complete debacle and mess. Yeah. So the episode kind of ends where Harley uh, and the crew get evicted for uh, well before that size well before that oh, okay they are uh, <laughs> they are always she's not a nemesis blah 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 you know she's strong that's where the town uh, where the Tawny gives her like the the, the the public image of she's can be all by herself type of thing yeah she's fighting Batman she's right. holding her own yeah, yeah. Um, then it ends with uh, Harley uh, with Ivy and the crew getting evicted because they always mess well, up not Ivy I- but Harley Harley yeah. well I'm included but she gets it back I know yeah um but, uh, being evicted because they mess up her her apartment. Yeah. Uh, also, it's funny. One of my favorite lines in the episode actually is uh, where they talk about, "Oh, when am I be ready for being nemesis?" And it's Batman and, and Robin. I didn't have my nemesis until I was twenty one. Right. Or not. And they're talking about it. It's like, when well, can I have sex? <laughs> yeah, like, when can I have sex? <laughs> oh yeah, when can we talk about sex? He just gets up and leaves. He's like, I have to go. Oh, uh, oh booze is at the bat signal. No, okay, Jimmy leaves. And there's a good line right before that where uh, he goes, hey, I made your favorite. And he's like, no, you made Alfred make it. He's like, well, I, I made him make it. Yeah, I made him I, make I made it for you. <laughs> you didn't make it, Alfred did. I made him make it. <laughs> and it's um, a Batman toast, a Batman grilled cheese. Yes. So the next episode is called Being Harley Quinn. Which is just her origin story. Yeah, it's like 
because she can't remember who she is and like how she became herself. So why so she thinks Joker pushed her in? Right. But in reality, from what we know, she jumps in herself. Right. But she can't remember it, so she wants to make her own origin story. Right. So, so they have Doctor Psycho at this point. Go in there. Uh, they go into her brain, and they all are wearing the Suicide Squad. Which shirts. Is, it was cool. Not which comes into the. Uh, it's cool. Not the episode, but what's cool episode. about the episode is that it really is kind of like yes, it's Holly's origin. Yes, yes. but you kind of need it in this new retrospect. Um, I'm glad that they make it where she chose to jump and then wasn't pushed or dropped off, yeah. and she just that she chose it because she was so mm-hmm. madly infatuated. And it's re- the realization. It's very mad love. Right, but it's also it's not just that, but it's also in it. What's cool is. It's not just her origin; it's it's the juxtaposition of the story where she wants to make her own her own name for herself. Yeah, her own origin story, which is fine. Which she's like a weird psychopath with a kid. Fine, whatever. And then Frankie Muniz is in it. <laughs> yeah, that's where she's like she's super. She's a super fan of his. Yeah. Um, when she kidnapped him for her birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but also, like I said, the big thing is that um, she wants to make a name for herself, and that's what's cool about the juxtaposition of the stories where it's her adult, uh, it's her Holleen Quinzel persona mm-hmm. talking and saying, hey, you kind of did this on your own. Yeah, this is you. you right. You did this yourself. And the episode ends with them leaving and finding out that Size Borgman and his, like, super spy friend tried to burn them all alive because they committed suicide in, the, which, in, in their apartment. In the apartment. So he was like, not again! So he calls uh, his friend the Widow or something yeah. like that. Basically like a Black Widow kind of deal. Yeah, espionage people. Yeah, and throws them into this mall that's abandoned. And they're also looking for a hideout in this episode. Yeah. And then we get the next episode, You're a Damn Good Cop, Jim Gordon. Jim Gordon is voiced by Chris Maloney. Yo, this is a fantastic I episode. love <laughs> Jim Gordon in this series. Dude, he's, he's so sad He's such like a beta male, like, Oh cop. my it's god. So weird. It's so I love it. I love it. It's so I, funny. I can't even fuck my uh, wife and look her in the eyes anymore, Batman. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it's also Batman and Jim trying to be friends, but like he, Batman were... doesn't want to hear about the sex stuff, but Jim only wants to talk about it because his wife, his marriage is falling apart. Yeah, he wants to talk about his life. And Batman's yeah. like, he's just keeping professional. I see. You want to do the rundown of the episode? I'll give this one. This is kind of a big one, so I'll read some of the uh, yeah. things. So Harley's crew is trying to steal a mysterious device from Wayne Enterprises because they want to make like big name for themselves now that they have a full established crew. And he, she has a nemesis of Batman. She doesn't know it's Wayne, obviously, but she wants to do something big, steal something from the richest guy. But at the end of their thing, uh, King Shark gets arrested <laughs> in a great fashion, and then. Clayface loses his arm. His arm becomes sentient. His arm is voiced by, is uh, voiced by Tom Kenny. SpongeBob. Yo, it's so <laughs> that little hand is so funny. Please, Jim, don't don't bring me back. So, um, it turns out the thing they're trying to steal is an invisible uh, motorcycle or something. So, uh, become so after uh, losing the arm. Jim Gordon becomes depressed after learning that Batman doesn't see him as a friend and takes the bat signal after he abuses it just to talk to him. So then Commissioner Gordon finds Clayface's arm and tries to find the location of Harley's crew to actually, you know, get Batman to come back and talk to him. So they're trying to recover the hand and um, there's just montages of Jim in the hand, like having fun and bonding and like, oh, Jim does really need a friend. He just wants to talk. And then Harley Quinn says, hey, Batman, he really is your friend. There's the whole screensaver gag, which I thought was really funny. Oh, my God. He's like, he's, we're just work for, we're just work acquaintances. And then he's like, my screensaver popped up, didn't it? And she was like, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. just, it, it's such a dumb, fun episode. It was honestly filler. There was. was a little bit of main plot, but it was mostly filler. Yes. It was mostly just to establish more world building with Batman and uh, Gordon and stuff. 
Which I think is great. Oh, it's too funny. And then uh, with King Shark in prison. Ooh, new fish, fresh fish. What I tell you about saying that? That's racist. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm sorry, but oh, it's so good. <laughs> King Shark is great. They forget to bring him out of prison the entire yeah. episode. <laughs> Which I think is it's such a good gag too. So the next one is called The Line. Which is where Queen, so Queen of Fables uh, was introduced she's, earlier. Yeah, she was introduced in episode three. I think. Right. She was introduced she earlier on. She was living in a tax, uh, uh, tax book. She's in the, what is it, the U.S. Master Tax Guidebook. Right. <laughs> and so she's been doing people's taxes. Um, but now she's getting out. Um, she's getting out of it. And so while she's getting out of it, Star, um, Holly and her crew are going to try to break into Star Labs to get a final piece of a, uh, of a, uh, a weapon they're building. Mm-hmm. Or they're trying to build. Uh, when they get there, they, they once the queen's out, they break the queen out of her transfer from uh, Star Labs to Arkham. And what they do is they take her, and then they go in to try to break into Star Labs, and then they have uh, Queen of Fables kind of just there to watch guard, and then she slaughters a whole family while Holly and the crew breaking at the piece. So when they come back, they realize um, how messed up Queen of Fables really is. Yeah, she's bad shit. And they're like, oh, how kill everyone? You have yeah. to kill. No, leave no survivors. And the bloodline. And the, blo- and the bloodline. And the bloodline. That's why the She's great. In that oh, part. dude, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> you got and the bloodline. So she. Uh... Phil Lamar's in this episode. Yes. <laughs> so what they end up doing is, uh, there's one kid left at the party. Uh, she uh, Harley decides not to kill the kid because she. Oh, she thinks it's the kid. She thinks it's the little girl. Well, she sees a little girl crying under she the sees table. A yes, <laughs> crying on the table. So she leaves to survive to so leave. They realize they're building this, uh, building the machine while um, Queen Fable and Holly are arguing over morals of what to do. Uh, Paraxis shows up, who is a big, strong man, because he was the big, strong man crying on the table, not a little girl like Holly yeah, thought. He was just trying to hide. He was hiding during is, the, the is slaughter. Is Jason Praxis or whatever, like a character? Praxis is a character. Yeah, what is he? Like, is he like a lightning guy? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought there was just like some random-ass no. character they threw in. I love the little nods they yeah. have. It's so cool. Um, So, they end up uh, being able to beat Praxis without killing him. But then... Uh, <laughs> yeah, they use that uh, one of the things that they steal from Rain. Right. So, Enterprises. so they end up using this. Um, oh my God, what is it? Oh, the force field. Yeah, the force field thing. The force field thing, and as a killing Paraxis. Well, um, no, they don't kill her. No, uh, they, they think they kill him. Yeah. And then he, the Wanda Sykes' character leaves, and then she fucking stabs him in the through the mouth. Yeah. I almost forgot to end the bloodline. Blood oh, That's it's what so it was. Gross. Yeah, it's so yeah. Because they, they oh, le- in the meantime, we skip something. They do find their. Uh, secret lair. It's the the abandoned mall. The abandoned mall that Sides Borgman tried to burn them in. Yes. Sorry, continue. <laughs> well, um, they turn on the uh, weather control machine after they after Queen of Fables leaves because they they're talking about revenge and everything and how you shouldn't have left her li- let her live. She leaves, and then uh, they try to use the weather control machine, but it self destructs, and then it, Ivy starts dating uh, Kite Man. <laughs> Officially, there's some great lines in this. Uh, I think it's this episode, right? Which one? Uh, yeah, where um. He's like, hey, did you check out the numbers on my door? 69. Funny. It was actually 66, but I uh, moved it down because uh, 69. Nice. It's just so funny. She's so embarrassed to be with him because he's such a dumb idiot. Yeah, because he is. It's just so good. Kite Man's one of the best characters. Yes. Hell yeah. This way, this is from episode 7 <laughs> forward. It's pretty much where he's uh, um, a main character. He's in like the next two or three episodes, yeah. I think. So the next one is um, LOD RSVP, Legion of Doom. Um, Whatever SVP means, I forget. 
What, you don't know what like, RCVP stands for? I don't, not off the top of my head. Fuck, what's it? What's exactly, it? you don't even know. Hold on. Res reserve? Respond. Super very please. <laughs> I don't know, look it up, we're stupid. Ah! Anyway, so that opens with them stealing Aquaman's family jewels. And then Aquaman's coming after him. They yes. get invited to the Legion of Doom by Lex, but Lex just secretly wants Ivy. And also, uh, Dr. Seko wants to get reinstated. Yeah, because, so, you know. The only way for Ivy to Harley to officially join is if Ivy joins on the down low. So they have this whole like big party, like this whole big ball. KG Beast is gonna be he has like the visual gags in his hands. He's gonna be introduced into the Legion over inducted instead of Harley. If but Ivy, then Aquaman if, shows up to crash the party to get the jewels back, and there's more great Bane stuff. Um she breaks the fish tank open and then Bane starts crushing the fish. Yeah. And he's like, What are you doing, you monster? Stop killing the fish. And then there's this great fish joke. Like, if you're, like, a big fish guy, it's like, oh, if the fish falls out of the water, you know, a saltwater fish, don't put it in fresh water, and you put it in fresh water. <laughs> it's, oh, my God, Aquaman's great. He's such a big ninny baby. The show is just written so well, and it's just so So great. while that's happening. So, so great. So while it's happening, um, <laughs> is this episode where she, uh, where they are, um, oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up on the next episode. So this they actually officially end up joining the League, uh, yeah. Legion. And, um, uh, yeah, so there's a little side story with, uh, Cy uh Cyborgsman, which is, uh, with Dr. Psycho, which is really just filler, but really mm -hmm. more fun than Dr. Psycho stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, so they end up, uh, uh, um, joining Legion, and then they encounter the Joker at the end. Um, they were released directly into the next episode, she at the table, where Holly is congratulated by the Joker for joining the Legion, where she gets, um... She actually gets to see at the table. At the same time, Ivy's trying to convince her not to join the... Not because to a bunch of just dumb douches. Yeah. Uh, but Holly keeps promising her that they're going to do a, uh, a caper with the two of them. It'll be like old times. Nothing mm -hmm. will change now, uh, now that she joined the Legion. While on that side, her crew actually gets demoted as to generalized henchmen. Yeah, and then Bane hires them to try to blow up Todd. <laughs> there's, a whole, there's a whole gag with uh, where a guy named Todd at Starbucks keeps writing Bane's name wrong on, on a cup. Bang. Right, on the cup all the time. Yeah, so, and, uh, I don't know if we talked about this, but Joker is also trying to get Harley back under his wing. Yes. Because he sees her potential. Yes. And goes, no, I'm the best, I'm number one, I'm gonna do it, I need to get her back in my wheelhouse. So he tries to do that again, and it looks like he's showing progress, but then you find out he's the Joker and he's a dick. Yeah. So, <laughs> so while, uh, while Baton takes out the crew... Uh, King Shark's injured and is in the hospital. Mm -hmm. While it's, and Holly uh, Ivy starts to, uh, wants to go on this caper, but Holly is lying to her. Uh, mm -hmm. What ends up happening is that the rest of the crew and Ivy, including Ivy, are at the, uh, looking over King Shark. While the news shows up about Holly and Ivy, the Joker getting back jo sorry, Joker and, uh, and Holly getting back together because mm -hmm. they were all on a helicopter kissing after yeah. committing caper together, mm -hmm. even though they're supposed to be not be together. Yeah. They were supposed to be on business only. Mm -hmm. Um, the next episode is Benson Hurst. Yep. Depressed after the crew leaves her because her getting back with the Joker and not basically needing her crew anymore. She goes back to her home and you get to meet her family and see why she's so fucked up. Her dad is yep. like an ex, ex still kind of mafia guy. Yeah. And they have, there's also been a hit that's been put on um, Harley Quinn by yes. the Joker, I think. Or someone. It's a large amount of money. I think it's a Joker. Anyway. Um, her father claims that it's yeah, it's a, no, money. it's not. Oh, no, her Joker. father puts a her father does it. No, it's not. Who does it? You'll see at the, at the, the end of the episode. No, it's Joshua from the. Uh, oh yeah, Joshua puts the head on. No, no. 
And that's why uh, he the money with the credit card. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah, I think so. Bane finds out that Joshua put it on Harley. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. Using a traceable credit card. Card, Yeah. (laughs) So the whole thing is that, so this is, again, going back to, it's not a filler origin. It's a direct, uh, it seems like a filler-ish origin, a filler-ish episode. Episode, yeah, but it's not. But it's not, because it's part of the real story. It also helps Harley realize that she needs her friends and she shouldn't be tied down to this. Right. It's it's the whole reason why she likes the Joker is because she has daddy issues. Yeah. Absolutely. It's 100%. It's always been like that. That episode was kind of a quick one. There's nothing really crazy about it, but it's still really good. The next one's Harley Quinn Highway. Yes. Um, I forget what happens in this one. So this is how she gets the the crew back, um, only because they're going after they save Ivy. Yeah, because Ivy gets killed in the last episode. uh, Ivy's been captured and she'll be be vivisected by... She's been harvested for her pheromones by Starfire. Yeah, we don't know it's pheromones, but we know she'll be killed for that. And then you get to see a great interaction with her and that uh, one, like, AIM agent guy. I know it's DC, but, like, the AIM guy. Who's, like, just some henchman dude who's like, yeah, my wife, uh, I needed just extra money. And this is fun. It was so great. I think his name's, like, Dave or something. Yeah, so this episode is just them rescuing her and then driving away on the uh, Harley Quinn Highway, which has changed from the ep- first episode. Yes. Into like a GTA-style m- crazy online race. Yes. With weapon caches and stuff. Then we get uh, the Devil's Snare, which is the uh, Justice League Phantom Zone tree monsters so, that that's came out of So the episodes time. 11, 12, and 13 are concurrent. Yeah. So uh, uh, with, with the ending of 11... Uh, the tree monster, uh, Ivy's toxin has gotten out to the uh, water supply, which created these giant tree monsters. Yeah. The next episode opens up with Just League showing up to, to stop those tree monsters, mm-hmm. but the Queen of Fables shows up and traps the Just League in uh, the yeah. Phantom Zone. Well, it's a mix of like different things, the Phantom yeah. Zone and the book and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, uh, the crew has to fight off these giant monsters and on the their Queen own. Of Fables. And the Queen of Fables <laughs> all on their own. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's really Devil's Snare kind of... And then Ivy gets really big and then gets murdered. Right, so... By the Joker. (laughs) Right, because they realize... Yeah, so she gets killed by the Joker. And then the final episode, episode 13, the The final final joke. The final joke. Harley's crew, Frank and Kite Man, hold an impromptu funeral for Ivy before they join forces with Batman to avenge her. While they distract Joker, Batman skydives to the top of the tower to take him down. However, Scarecrow inadvertently... Um, not Scarecrow. Clayface inadvertently ruins the plans and gets Batman and the crew captured while Harley is forced Happy to go into hiding. birthday. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so dumb. His takeover is largely complete. Joker spends the next week uh, subjugating Gotham and brutally torturing Batman and his crew only to get bored. Hoping to help, Scarecrow unmasks Batman, but Joker kills the former uh, for ruining the mystery, which I think is a really funny scene. He's like, I didn't want to know who it was. I just like the game. I don't care that it's Bruce Wayne. What is this? Uh, what do you mean? It doesn't matter. It's so stupid. Um, meanwhile, Harley vi- revisits Ivy's grave where Frank and Kite Man tell her uh, that the crew is going to be publicly executed, so she surrenders herself in exchange for their lives. Once her crew is safe, Harley tries to kill the Joker, but he gets the upper hand. Instead of killing her, Joker decides to drop her an acid that will render her normal, yes. which is a weird... Sure, I guess. Yeah. At the last minute, uh, resurrected Ivy saves Harley and drops Joker into the acid, though not before he destroys his tower and Gotham. Batman saves Harley and Ivy before disappearing in the debris. Reunited, the crew reflect on everything that happened amidst Gotham's ruins, while a normal Joker emerges from the rubble. Yes. I didn't notice it was a normal hand. I did. You said it. I said that. Really, yeah. So we're gonna get like a normal Joker in the next, well, the next maybe first episode of the second season. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh, quick thing before we fi- get our final recap. I read at the development thing. 
Originally, Harley Quinn was supposed to be 26 episodes in season one, and they cut it down. That's why season two is so quick, because they already had it set up. Okay. So it might only be two seasons. Anyway, back to the final episode. I think it was a really good end to a fantastic series of just dumb comedy with more dumb comedy added onto it. It wasn't anything like dumb, uh, uh, like newfound greatness. It's nothing like super duper crazy hype. Right. It's just a good story that could have been wrapped up. And without that scene of his hand emerging, yeah. it could have easily dropped Ended, the show. Yeah. And even with that, that hand thing, you, you don't... You can still end it. You can still end it. Um, it. It's a good wrap-up, even if they didn't get a season two. Yeah, so, like I said, so well, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the nitpicks. Because it's not bad. We have the nothing really mostly, bad. mostly, like, for me, it's like canon stuff. Like, when they change a lot of, like, small things, it's kind of like, ah, eh, yeah. why? Yeah, but, but it's then again, comedy it's, it's comedy, so yeah. I kind of let it slide. Right. I didn't really have any real problems with it besides no. some of the jokes not landing. And that happens. Again, some of the anim- sometimes the animation quality drops. Yeah. Like in the fight scenes, it looks really good. Yeah. But sometimes when they're walking around, it looks like cheap. Right. Like and sometimes they just stand. They stand there a lot. Yeah. They don't move a lot. It's just the mouths. Right. And I get it. Animation's fucking hard. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to shit on them for that. It's really hard. Yeah. But for something that's like a DC exclusive streaming thing, like you think, in my opinion, I think Netflix money, Netflix animation is, in my opinion, pretty good. Right. So with DC Universe trying to do their own thing, I thought maybe this would be all crazy good, like the old shows and yeah. like where all the, it looks like fluid, but there's a lot of stiff moments. Yeah. But when the action comes in, they immediately go, we're going to do this really, really well. Right. And, oh, and the visual gags are really good too. So my only nitpick about the series is I, season, uh, I really wish that kind of this entire season was her trying to get Legion of Doom and then ending with I can her. Agree with that, yeah. And then like the, the follow-ups of being the, uh, her joining Legion of Doom. Cause yeah. kind of it does set up. Like if you thirteen episodes, if you just tri- if you just grab the uh, episode where she gets in and drops it, drop it at the yeah. end, but like right before the Joker blows up Gotham arc, yeah. Like if you put episode six where episode nine would be, yeah, it would work. Right, and I mean you can still do everything like all the hygiene stuff you can still do. Yeah, you know. Even you can still do the episode where... Oh. It would have been funny if she gets into Legion of Doom and then Joker blows everything up. And then it's like, I just got in, now I gotta do this. That, she, or I wouldn't have done it. Fun. I just wouldn't have done it. I would have done everything leading up to the, whether she joins the Legion of Doom. Yeah. And just added, like... I was just added the episodes. Yeah. Whatever kind of filler hijinks she and wanted. And then like, season all, two would have been the whole Joker arc. Right, it would have been the Joker okay. arc going forward. Well, like I said, they, they wanted to do, do 26 episodes. Right. So maybe they were planning that. Right, well, we'll see. Because yeah. the way it looks is that season two was already in the bucket. Or yeah. originally, part part two of season one mm-hmm. was already in the bucket, so it kind of changes that idea. I do. I wish they did kind of expand it where she was. You could see more hijinks and do more funny stuff with the them getting mm-hmm. to know the crew a little bit more, and then the second half doing like the weird, dumb, stupid stuff with the Legion of Doom. April third, by the way. Oh, April third. Cool. Uh, doing stupid stuff with the crew afterwards, mm-hmm. and then ending it, and then doing a season three. You know, it's a way to expand the series. Yeah. So that's my only nitpick. Um, I love the voice acting in it. I love the comedy in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like. I I'm angry at myself because I didn't think I was going to love the show as much as I did. Oh yeah, I like. I knew I was going to like it when it was first announced. Or Harley Quinn animated. I was like, I'm going to like this show. I like dumb stuff. Like I, I like this dumb nonsense. I'm going to love this. Right. I knew it. Yeah. But I knew you weren't going to like it. Right when they announced a Harley Quinn animated comedy, I was like, James is going to fucking hate this. Yes. But you had DC Universe way before I did, and I'm stealing yours currently. But Don't shit answer. <laughs> no, DC, we're, we're all paying for it because we love your service. No, it's a really good service. But I thought you were going to hate it. But you, I came into work one day like, hey, did you watch any of the Harley Quinn? I haven't, 
you know, been on DC Universe yet, and you're like, oh man, I absolutely love this show. And it's very uncharacteristic of you to love stupid comedy. Because any fan of the podcast knows, every time I bring up something stupid, you shit on it. Oh, immediately. <laughs> immediately. You don't like dumb stuff, and I thought this show was... All dumb stuff. Oh my god! It's got good writing. It's got a good yeah, story. But I think overall it's good, but there's a lot of dumb comedy in it. Right. And I'm glad you did appreciate. It I, I love it. Was. I love it. And that's what it is. I think. And the... I know you don't actually hate everything stupid and right. fun, but <laughs> so, you hate a lot of it. I hate a lot of it. It's you so hate, hate a lot, lot of it. it. So I definitely. So guys, go definitely go out and check. Okay, it's got a rapper bar review because there's really nothing crazy. We've been talking about it the whole time, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing uh, craziness. Though. We were talking like, about favorite moments while we yeah. were talking about it. And all the it. Easter eggs are not even Easter eggs because they tell you, like, this is the thing. Yeah. So, you know, the very, Easter eggs would be you knowing who Praxis and Maxi Zeus Right. Are, you know, it's things like that. It, it's it's mm-hmm. like the smaller Easter eggs, like, even the Easter eggs they do make any DC fan will get. Exactly. They're not so hard that they're... Because you're watching yeah. the show as a DC fan. Exactly. Um, the it's on DC Universe. Right. You have to be a DC fan. Right. And I do also <laughs> appreciate that it's a rated R type of show. Yeah. They say fuck a bunch of times. Yeah. Like, all the time. Yeah. The only word they bleep out is the C word. Yeah. Well, that because, makes sense. Because, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of rough, guys. And they only say it three times? They say two a lot. In, two in the one episode and then one at the end, I think. Or Joker says it once. Yeah. Maybe five total. So, it's actually really good. It's in there. Like I said, it's a really good series. <laughs> guys, definitely, if you don't have a chance... Definitely rent the, get the DC app for the, the week, get it, binge it, and then you'll appreciate it so much you'll keep it for season two. Exactly. Season two comes out April 3rd, Absolutely. Which is like next month. Yes. And I cannot wait to do it again. So we're going <laughs> on this week's X Report. Hunter, hit that sweet, sweet oh, music. Oh, I wasn't prepared, James. I know Don't you worry. Bane will, uh, no, Bane will be here to do improv comedy. Yeah, James, give me a yes and while Hunter looks up the X-Men theme song. Yes and? The, the improv thing. Where you go, and I'm going to walk into a store. Yes and, I'm going to buy bombs. Do you know improv comedy? No! Oh, I don't really know it much myself either. I haven't looked for it yet. Where the fuck is it? In my liked videos, here it is. No, actually no. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the new theme song No, I got it. it. I got no, it. we're doing a new one. Boo. There it is. All right, guys. Extra port. I forgot about the extra port. Yeah, so, <laughs> as always, you know I do my patented extra port every time a new X-Men Patented, book. not true. Shut up, <laughs> Patent pending. That's sweet TM. <laughs> sure. Um, I do a full kind of spoilish, not all the time spoilish, because depending on how cool the book is, I try not to spoil it. So, we're going to Cable. I won't spoil the full book next I don't think it's cool, but you kind of need a lot of it to Who did Cable? All right, so guys, it's Cable Number One, written by Jerry Duggan and all by Phil Noto. By the way, Phil Noto is also the cover artist. Uh, Jerry Duggan is doing Marauders, right? Right. Okay. So, just so you know, it's Cable, but Kid Cable. Uh, it opens up with Wolverine versus Cable in the, what they call the Quarry. Again, just like all of John. Reminded Hickman's... me of the, the Crucible thing they just did. Yes. In, in the I'm going to explain that in a second. Was, yeah. Okay. Um, just like all of John Hickman's uh, X Men books, every book kind of expands on the Krakoa and the X Men universe as total. This is there because there is no danger room. They use a quarry to train. Yeah, and the which fight. makes sense. Um, so it's Wolverine versus uh, Kid Cable. And by the way, I will be calling him Kid Cable. Because <laughs> that's his name. That's his name <laughs> to us. Uh, and it really entire issue is uh, not as monologue, uh, and it's through the eyes of Cable because he is the main character. That makes sense. Uh, by the way, he does call Wolverine Uncle Logan, which I thought was freaking weird. Why? You don't like the throuple? I don't. You know this. <laughs> I'm not even going to placate this argument. This uh, kind of confirms it. 
No, it doesn't. He lives in their house. He's dating his mom. It's like an uncle. <laughs> dating his mom. Because, you know, when your parents go... I, I haven't done it. Listen to it. Done it personally. When your parents go through a divorce and your mom starts dating someone and she doesn't want you to know, she's like, oh, it's Uncle Billy. It's like, oh, yeah, Uncle Billy's going to fuck your mom. So, like, it's weird. It's kind of like what it is. Uncle Wolverine. Uncle Logan. Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> you just don't want it to happen. No. So... <laughs> Cable beats Wolverine in the fight, which, by the way, I love that Cable beats him in the fight. Cable's, you know, like a little shifty prick, and also he's yeah. like peak Cable, yeah. to be honest. Um, then Cable's kind of like... They explain the quarry and how Kid Cable just wants to kind of do his own thing. And then next up is the actual rest of the story, where Kid Cable is actually going on a double date with Pixie and Armor. Which I, I love Armor. Yeah. Armor is underappreciated. She's underused. Do. She was in that cool X-Men anime, though, which I thought was really cool. Anyway, I'm going to continue my... my, my <laughs> I just my love extra, I know you do. <laughs> so, Kid Cable's brought to... Uh, runs up and is given a mission. He's run into by a kid named Curse, a new mutant they've created for the book, clearly. Uh, <laughs> it is. You're not wrong. And Fauna, I think she was in the background of one of the other books. Right, and Fauna, it's another... Again, Kid Fauna's, create, Fauna's relevant. Yeah. I think Fauna was in... Uh, one of, she's one of the weird new mutants or right. something. So, they're... Curse ran up and asked uh, Kid Cable for help because he doesn't. She doesn't want to go to the adults because uh, she doesn't want to get in trouble. Because they're supposed to be uh, again. This ties back to X Men. What's great about this X Men book is that it ties back to the other stuff going on. So sometimes it's not great when you realize it, but it even says uh, how Krakoa ate the other island uh, when they merged back in I think X Men issue four. Uh, so Kid Cable and Pixie and Armor go after to go find Fauna where he fights a giant where they run into a giant like lion monster where Kid Cable puts it down pretty much and realizes kind the, of the kid keeps saying the, the uh, lion's in pain and they don't know why the, like the whole lion with the thorns yes. thing yeah they play that so heavily. Armor and Kid Cable uh, pull the thorn out of the lion's foot and they realize it's a giant space blade yeah. uh, the blade interacts with <laughs> um, Cable's metal arm and gives him a flash of who the owner of the Blade's Lifetime. It was owned by one of the Space Knights from Rom. Yeah, that, that's our... Yep. Yeah, I, yes. Through, is it like... That's is Marvel canon? He's not. He was in Marvel character. He was character. a while back. He was yeah. in Marvel character, but then it's owned by Hasbro. Yeah, the same it's, like, Hasbro IMDb, uh, IDW IDW. Yeah. Um, Just like you see in the, in the picture of the Die Rats, they're actually owned yeah. by IDW and Hasbro. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, We'll what? see kind of what they do with this. <laughs> That's why it should have just been ROM. But anyway. It should have been ROM. But I think it's supposed to be ROM like low-key. No, no. He's just one of Space Knights. I, I know, but like, but like it's ROM. No, no. It's just, no, it's just one of the other It's fine because ROM himself because he's a different because yeah, ROM himself different right, right. He also has the sword and everything. It's, mm -hmm. it's not supposed to be. He's, he's from the same uh, collective yeah, as ROM. Yeah, same boys. So... Kid Cable now has what he calls he always wanted a giant fucking space sword. Verbatim, <laughs> uh, that's what he says. I always wanted a big fucking sword, technically, <laughs> and he says that because he doesn't want to use guns like the old Cable did. He wants to be different. He wants to be different. And cool and young and a kid. Um, <laughs> and he's explaining where and because of what happens, the sword's uh, activation has also alerted uh, other people from the Space Knights to come go get it, while. The with the issue ending with them heading towards Earth. Then, there's a little epilogue where uh, this little crab demon is walking around and is shot, and there is adult Cable Hell hunting it down. Yeah. So this is... Well, obviously he wasn't dead dead. It's all timeline bullshit. Right. But, but like, also, cool. this will tie into, and I will, I'm calling it now, this will tie to Hellions if you read the little back page. I was going to say, what makes you say that? Um, he goes, the time is short. Uh, time is short. 
for the hostages and for Earth. I suspect that the demons are attempting to replicate the old spell that caused Earth to nearly burn in an in, in inferno of hellfire, which is the inferno storyline from when he, which is his origin when he was born. <clears throat> so, um, I, I feel like it's so tied to Hellions and Malin's coming back in Hellions also, remember? <clears throat> so, explains why Cable's hunting down these little demons that probably tie back to Cable. You'll see the whole thing. So, that's Cable in a nutshell. Um, I like the art. It fits the story. I like the cable. He's a little douche, but I like that he's, he's a little douche. But I like <laughs> that he's a little douche because we never got to, we the in the small instances we've seen of Cable as a child or younger is things like uh, Phoenix Cyclops uh, miniseries, and that's them raising Cable in the post-apocalypse wasteland that was up controlled by Apocalypse. We've yeah. never seen Cable with an absolute regular childhood. Yeah, we've never seen a kid Cable officially. Right. We've seen Baby Cable, I think. We've twice. seen Baby Cable. Yeah. We've, seen, we've seen Teen Cable before. But not like but we've, teenage But we cable. have. No, we have. We've but, seen like 18-year-old Cable? Right. We've seen really? them in, in the miniseries. Like, mini oh, yeah, yeah. And like flashbacks and stuff no, like that. But own. because it was so different, because he was raised in a, uh, uh, an era where Apocalypse won already. Yeah. And his entire life was to protect him and become the Casa son and then be Apocalypse. Yeah. We don't now. There's like a brand new take. So I get. I know a lot of people don't like Keith Cable and the concept of Keith Cable. I didn't Cable. like him because of how they introduced him. I actually don't mind because he's a little douche. Well, like I, I didn't like. I, him I in, like his personality. I didn't like. I don't him, like. I didn't like how him they X-Force. put him in extra. Uh, X Force is weird. I like extermination. It, I like was him really in, annoying. I to liked me. him in extermination a lot. Yeah. Because it makes sense. It makes He's sense. He's there to... He goes, you fix time. You, yeah. You fail, old man. This is why I'm doing it. X-Force yeah. kind of throws that to the side. Like, this is a very uh, very different version of the X-Force version we saw of him yeah. at the end. Because, like, oh, okay. X-Force is a little more brash. Right. And then this, but also it makes more sense why he's a little more because he's still on his own in X Force. Yeah. Where this, he's finally surrounded by teenagers and other people. He's with his friends. Well, not friends, but yeah. like people. Well, I hope, I hope in the series they, they show other uh, X Men. Yeah. That interact with, uh, from the whole X Force days. Cuckoos are coming in. Right. Oh, you mean the X Force? From the uh, from X Force yeah. days, talking like who like got Boom to Boom and um, right. Cannonball and stuff. Right. Yeah. To I, see I, how they they react to ca- uh, Cable being. Yeah. Uh, I there. do like. Um, there's a line with armor where she goes, "Hey, when you were an old man, did he like did the old man version of you recruit me to the New Mutants because he knew that I would be friends with you on Krakoa?" And he was like. I don't know, time travel. Right. <laughs> because that it, that's a nod to the last Cable series. Yeah. Which that's cool. With the newer mutants. Right. With which, Doop. Right. Which I like. I like that nod. Yeah, I thought it was cool. They no. brought armor in. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> but like I said, I think the thing I, I want to see is that they, uh, the more, and again, this is, we know that kind of the first story arc is going to be them going after, the knights going after the sword. Yeah. Uh, which now we know he might be one of the sword wielders in, uh, be X of Swords. In X of Swords. Cool. Uh, Hashtag give Cyclops a sword. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to make. <laughs> We're trying. Game. Tinny, make it happen. <laughs> so I really think it's, I think it's a cool issue. Again, it's very reader friendly. It's a starting on issue. And it's, if you are a fan of X Men or if you want to try an X Men book and not read all the X Men, pick it up, read it, enjoy it. Uh, I'll give it a four out of five. Um, That's a surprise. I figured you would hate this book, only because I don't really like Cable that much. I love Cable. At, at least. I love X Men. You didn't like the X Force cable. I, that's why I don't like the X Force cable. I think that's why. I and my favorite like version it. of cable is X Men. So, and that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, X Men. It reminds me a lot of X Men. That's yeah. why I like it so much. Yeah, I believe that. That's yeah. why. That's why. I'm I, I'm giving four or five because it reminds me so much of X Men because it's so different. <laughs> that's why, and it's also why I'm giving four or five because it's also so very different. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I also kind of see where the story's gonna go. You know. So yeah, that's my X report. So let's move on to the books of the week since I did my X report. Hunter, start us off with uh, with your book of the week. I got Star Wars Bounty Hunters number one, written by Ethan Sachs, 
and drawn by Paolo Villanelli. It is a continuation of the current Star Wars after Episode Five storyline, but it also takes place after the miniseries Target Vader and also Han Solo Imperial Cadet, where Valance is introduced and then becomes a robot bounty hunter man. He teams up with Boba Fett and Bosk to do a mission at the beginning of the issue, and then about... Okay, that's going to come up on the audio. Thanks, James. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to cut it. I don't care. So, I gum. <laughs> so... I said gum. They're doing... Sure you did. Mm-hmm. I'll tell your wife otherwise. <laughs> anyway, back to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, it's like a botched mission that they're pulling off, and some characters that they introduce in this issue... Um, you don't really get to see everything fully. They kind of want to keep it a mystery. But someone fucks up the mission, and then, uh, what's her name? Nash. She, um, yeah, that's her name. She messes up uh, the rest of the mission by killing everyone else, except for Boba, Bosk, and uh, Valance. So it jumps back to a current timeline where Valance is talking to um, a bunch of robots and his crew members. And he is fighting against those dudes that Clancy Brown was in uh, Mandalorian. The Red Demon guys, except they're not as big as him. Right. And he's just trying to hunt him down. He's basically showing you how badass he was. If you read Target Vader, you kind of know he's a super badass. And he's also not really, like, a dick as much as, like, you'd think he'd be a dick. Especially if you read uh, Imperial Cadet. And then it jumps to one of the character's brother's from the prologue. Mm-hmm. This is very much like a jumping around first issue. We got a bunch of world building we have to set up first and introduce all the characters. Like, Dr. Aphra is going to play a part in this. Yeah. But it's setting up the main three bounty hunters being Bosk, Boba Fett, and Valance going after a main bounty worth a lot of credits that has ties to the previous uh, botched mission they had before. Right. So it's a very world building heavy issue. It is... An easy read, it's a fun read, the art is fantastic, but it is very much nothing at the same time. Okay. World building is fun, prologue stuff is fun, but I feel like there wasn't enough meat to get me, like, I can't wait to read the next one. Because, okay. like, I like it when books, like, we'll talk about more books later, and there's another book that came out this week, Sweetheart. Okay. Super good, where it has, like, a huge cliffhanger. This cliffhanger is kind of like, okay, you know, it's just Boba Fett doing stuff, and it's like, okay, whatever. I like issue ones that watch that leave you wanting more. Okay. Like we'll talk about our store book of the week. There's something at the end that you just want more. You want to yes. read more. What's happening? Absolutely. So, I'm definitely gonna give this a three. Okay. It's a very. It's one of the lower books for me. Not because yeah. it's bad. It's really well written. I love Ethan Sachs. The art's phenomenal. Top tier artist, Villanella. Yeah. But it's just it's just so slow for a first issue. Okay. First issues, I like to be fast paced. I like to be surprised by it. I like to have something new thrown at me. This just seems like more Star Wars for the sake of Star Wars. Okay. And I was super excited for the Bounty Hunter. I know book you Because I love the uh, CD Underworld stuff. Yeah. But it's still good. But it's definitely a three out of five. If there was just a big cliffhanger, it would be a four or a five. Okay. That was my book, James. What did you read? All right, so I read The Quorum. Oh, a Hickman book. John the Hickman. <laughs> oh, so, so weird for you to read a Hickman so book, So on James. brand. It's so on brand. An art art. By uh, Mike Hulson. So I want to tell you straight up, this book's long. Yeah, I think it's double sized, right? It I is saw it when it came in, and I was like, "Jesus, size. this is huge." Um, so again, if you've read anything John Hickman in the last like four years, Seventh Eternity, um, New Avengers, 
Hawks and Pox. Um, he loves infographs. He loves giving you walls of text. He loves <laughs> big universes. It's like, okay. So, it opens up with a kind of, te- like, literally a paragraph of text. Like, it's prose. <laughs> like, it's a page of prose. Yeah. Which you kind of need under, like, you kind of need some of it. Mm-hmm. But not all of the text that he gives you. Yeah. And then it goes right into the story where it's these mysterious pyramids. And then it skips to uh, a big one, two, three, three, four pages of infographs. Nice. Gotta love it. About how the universe is set up. I wish they would just save that for the end and it would be additional mm-hmm. reading. I don't like how they put it in the middle of every of his book. Because you don't need it. I know, that's, but if, that's why you said you should put it at the end. See, I don't mind it's additional see, reading. I don't mind it when he does it for X-Men. I'll explain why. When X-Men, I get through there's this. a lot of nonsense going I, on. I'm going to explain it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. So, mm-hmm. when you go through it, you get to, you jump to what is actually what I consider the actual story of the book. Which is called... It's Chapter 2, Broken Bent Over. Ew. It's, it's awesome. Weird. I love it. So, it opens up with uh, Nia who is a courier and she's going on uh, a mission for this, I guess, mobster. Uh, all she does is go out uh, to, she just delivers stuff. And then again, another info page, another info page about the cryopods and plague. Again, I'm explaining what some of these needed and some of them, oh, then they do like a street street noodles thing, yeah. which is just ramen and it all they was making hungry. <laughs> nice. I had ramen yesterday. I'm starving. So then he goes chapter three, elbows off the table, where you're introduced to uh, who I'm thinking is going to be the other, the secondary character, who is an assassin, which you find out as you read it. Uh, and they got another info, uh, infograph, and then they explain this assassin shows up where the courier, the assassin had uh, planned the courier to show up, and that's the whole thing. And then it goes. Through, I won't spoil the actual ending, but that's, it goes from there. Interesting. All right. So, infographs in this book, <laughs> info dumps in this book, some of it you really need. Mm-hmm. Like, you do need to understand, like, um, what the cryopods are, are and this plague, the plague page. Yeah. It makes sense, because you're like, you don't know why Annie's looking longingly at this boy in this cryo tube. Well, the cryo page, the cryopods page, and the cryopods <laughs> and the plague page uh, explain that. Mm-hmm. Also, need that. I don't need you to explain how the whole entire set, every space sector matters. It's cool, but... It's cool. <laughs> Again, like, this is more of that material that, yes, this would be end of the page, really. I, you know, and you know I love, I've said this on the, on the page, on the show before, I love info dump stuff. I don't think I need four pages of explaining the, you know, like, the church, the union, if they're not brought up in the main story. You know... If it's not brought up, like, oh, and the ch- like, you work for the church, you know, you work for the singularity, you work for the union, if they don't bring that up in the book, there's no need for it. I don't need a page about the street sheet noodles she's eating. You know, it's fine. It just is what it is. Um, does it look cool and artsy? Absolutely. Do I need a page for that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I feel like that was all fluff for the sake of fluff. If I would have done, like, Again, this is me being just me, but like I would, if you want to expand that stuff, do it when the character brings it up and do it at the back page of it. The reason why it works so well at X Men is because normally it's it's what happens on the page ties into what they're talking about, 
or it's a page afterwards, and it ties into what they're talking about. What is happening? I don't know. I think there's a weird truck outside. Fair. Sorry if you heard any beeps, boys. I'm going to try to edit them out the best I can. Yeah. So, that's what it is. I think uh, it gets a lo- I think the... I lose the story. I lose the story, because by the time I get to the action media story, I don't care. I don't care. I feel like I sat through a bunch of this fluff. It was just too much. Yeah, a lot of fluff to get to the media story. The story itself sounds interesting. I like the fact that she's a courier that ends up in the situation... Where she has to fight herself out, and she's and now she's caught with this assassination thing happening around mm-hmm. her. Awesome. I didn't need 18 pages of uh, 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 explaining how the universe kind of sucks now. <laughs> it's Woven is great. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. Exactly. And I've said this on the show, because I don't want to... We say it every time. Every time there's a book that has too much world building, mostly Hickman, we say it's good, but... <laughs> I say with any story where it's like, I don't need info dumps. When you can, I know you can, you can I like go it when through they the spri- issues. Saga. Yes. I like it when they sprinkle it throughout. Right. Like, here's world building, but it's sprinkled throughout 50 issues. Right. We don't need Jonathan Hickman to dump all that 50 issues worth of world building here because he wants to tell a story. Just tell the fucking yeah. story. I don't like, mind. W- w- yes, we're introduced to this weird futuristic world where yeah. war is like not a thing, but people kill each other. Don't give us, like, a dump. Just let us be in the world. Right. Like, undiscovered country... For Scott Snyder and Charles Soule, they have like two two info dumps maybe. Yeah, and, so they, do, far. and they do it at the end. And they do it at the end. Yeah, but like I don't you, mind that. Like I said, you can just read with you this. Can just read the book and get the I story don't by mind. yourself. Right. Again, if those info dumps were at the end, I wouldn't care. Yeah. My big thing is though, I wish what they did was instead of doing all that, like I don't need to know what Dallas is, and unless it's a planet we're going to be on yeah. in the series, you know, we could have done that way. You know, and go, alright, this is Dallas. Like, oh, I'm from the planet Dallas. And then the next page is, this is where Dallas is. And continuing that. But when you don't do things like that, it kind of feels awkward and weird. Again, stylistically, it looks great when you do it. But other than that, it doesn't honestly matter. You know, again, not to shit on Donovan Hickman, because I love the info dumps, but I, I need... Sometimes it, too much info dumps is... Annoying. Right. Exactly. Like with X-Men, it works because he's setting up this new weird thing in, in, in a pre-existing canon right. that needs... World explaining. And when he does but this it, is a book that you just made. Right. You don't need to dump us with your, here's my X-Men writing style. Right. Give us just like classic Hickman. And he, and he does it very well when he does it in X-Men and other books. It should be other books. Because normally like, it's just supposed where mm-hmm. the scene happens, the action happens, the info is dumped here, and then yeah. the, the next page is the infographic explaining what this is without having to go into another issue explaining ex- yeah. to explain what Orcus is, for example, in X-Men. Yeah. I think this was too much of Hickman. So I'm giving it a 3 out of 5. <sighs> I don't believe the story's bad. I just believe... Because I, I agree with the three. It's just... <coughs> sorry. It's just having so much world building in issue one that didn't necessarily need it. It's kind of annoying. But, you know, you summed it up pretty well. So, we're going to jump on to our store book of the week. So, just so you guys know, we're doing full spoilers on the book Stealth by Image and Skybound. It is written by Mike Costa... And with art by uh, Nate Bella, Belgrande. This takes place in Detroit. It is about a superhero who is just trying to, like... He's basically like Batman mixed with Nighthawk in Detroit. So it opens up with a text from Tony Barber. He's a journalist writing an article. He says, uh, Detroit mocks all attempts to save it. 
Like a sick animal gone to ground, Detroit growls in suspicion to, uh, of any hand extended towards it. You can hear it in the way the wind blows through the blighted neighborhoods of East Side, where 80% of the lots are vacant and overgrown with waist-high grass. It's just so cool how they already set up like, hey, Detroit's kind of like fucked up. But it's okay, because we love it. Don't make fun of those people. They live in Mad Max times. Dude. <laughs> no, I think Detroit's fine. They live in Mad Max times. It's kind of like the New Jersey. Have you, have you seen it's 8 Mile? the New Jersey of the United States. Have you seen, have you seen 8 Mile? Have you... I, don't, I've seen, I haven't seen the Mad movie. Though. Have you seen 8 Mile? Have you seen, I want to see it. Have you seen anything that involves Detroit? I've seen the show you've seen Detroit. Mad Max, right? I've seen Mad Max. I know yeah. what Mad Max is. Those people yes. live in the Mad Max times. Don't make fun of them. So it's about this writer who's trying to write an article about... Um, it's revealed later that it's like he's just trying to write about a festival that's happening, but he can't st- like help himself from writing about yeah. like how shitty his town is now and like what's happening and something needs to change. So he calls up his boss, says he needs a little time off. He's a bit angry. He's gonna go head out for a while. We're then introduced to his dad, who says going out. It's two a.m. and he goes, Dad, it's not even eight. And then his dad's all confused. His dad is showing signs of dementia. Dementia. Yeah. And his his dad's probably like, I don't know, I want to say like 60s, 60s, 70s, showing signs of dementia. No, but he's, he's walking around like full mm, 50. It old. depends. It de- it, it's, it's different for everyone. So That's even, true. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm trying to pinpoint it, but yeah, it's hard. It is really different for everyone. Yeah. So his dad is, um you know, basically going through Alzheimer's. So his dad's like, okay, you, you just go. It's eight o'clock. Sorry, my bad. So then it cuts to this is freedom. We see the titular stealth character. Fly. He's basically like Falcon if you wore the stealth Iron Man suit. It's a, actually, um, honestly, where I was reading this, he's more like uh, I said Night Batman Hawk. and Nighthawk put together. He's Nighthawk. He's yeah. just Nighthawk. Yeah. He's just Nighthawk. He's Nighthawk, but he looks like Falcon mixed with the stealth suit Iron Man. Look at him. I know. That's Nighthawk from Supreme Power. Nighthawk. Yeah, Supreme but he doesn't, he doesn't have the wings, though. And he's not like fully armored. He's kind of like kind of there. No, Nighthawk I know is, what Nighthawk looks like. No, it's Supreme Power. I know. Yeah. Where he's like grittier. He doesn't yeah. look like that. Oh, yeah, you're right. Anyway. Um, so right. he's he's on he uh, stealth is patrolling, and he stops a. <sighs> oh jeez, that's crazy! Breaking news: uh, Winter Soldier Falcon has been halted progress for their shooting due to coronavirus yeah. outbreaks in Prague. Yes. Thank you for informing me, James. Sorry, I didn't we're mean talking to about talk. stealth. No, it's fine. I just want to say something so that I don't have to edit out later. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm getting lazy with the editing, unless it's really bad. But hey, ebb and flow is nice. So, Stealth is trying to stop a bank robbery. Uh, not a bank robbery. He's, uh... It's, oh, got a laundromat. This guy's holding up a laundromat. Yep. He throws him through... He breaks his arm, throws him through a window, and then punches him in the face until he's bloody and bleeding. Yes. And these kids are like, oh, my God, what the fuck is happening? The store owner goes, hey, who's going to pay for the window? I had less money in the register than how much it's going to cost to pay for the window. Sure. Um, then the kids run away, and it cuts back to the house where... Tony is entering the house again after going for his walk and he sees his dad is laying on the couch with a head wound and his dad says that he fell uh, in the kitchen and he didn't want to go he tripped on a rug in the kitchen or in the living room didn't want to go upstairs because he thought he had uh, he was getting you know, a little lightheaded like a concussion Tony says yeah we're calling an ambulance definitely a concussion he's like no I was a fireman for 20 years I know what a concussion is I'm fine I'm gonna go sleep it off first of all don't sleep off a concussion you're not supposed what to what the fuck what the fuck? Yeah, that's supposed to. <laughs> I do like the fire axe hanging up in the back. I really like yeah. the little touch, especially when he just mentions now that he's a fireman. It's yep. like it's uh, visual stuff is good. So Tony then, you know, everything goes to sleep. He goes back to um, his job at the Detroit Herald, and he's talking to his boss. And this is when it's revealed that it's like um, the father has dementia. 
yeah, the father is going through some stuff, and he's a little angry. He's writing a piece that's supposed to be about a, uh, where is it? A festival. That's a happening. festival. What's it called? Of a, a festival for basket weavers or something like that. Well, that's what he calls it. Oh, okay. And then uh, it cuts back to stealth again, flying around. He crashes on top of a um, car. a car, and these guys start shooting at him. He goes, where's the girl, where is she? Kind of like Batman from uh, uh, the Dark Knight stuff. Where is she? Where's Rachel? He goes, where's your boss? Is he with her? He, you uh, see him just fighting a bunch of thugs, and then backup comes and he starts firing at them. Tony goes back to his house after a long day to see um, the news, the TV on the news, bringing you more on this story as it develops right now, as we know little. Once again, it appears as though the vigilante stealth attacked a police car on the Lodge Freeway this afternoon, resulting in a firefight with five police officers injured. From what we just saw, stealth was not fighting police officers. He was fighting a bunch of thugs. So this is a very cool conflicting page that we get to see. Yes. When you when you guys read the book, the pages are set up in a way where it's just really cool to like flip through and go, oh, oh so I actually, when I read this, I went back to check if they were police officers anywhere on this uh in the sequence, there are not. not. So what the fuck is happening? Tony hears a crash upstairs. He thinks his dad has fallen because his dad would be sleeping. Turns out, his dad is stealth. Fucking wow. Yep. That was a big reveal. And, and then, I'm so and glad. It's not even, it's not even it's over It's not yet. even the end. But this is the kind of reveals I was talking about with Bounty Hunters that I like. Ha- like, it, yeah, it's like five pages and then it's done. But, like, getting to the end where there's such a huge twist, because you think it's Tony. They set it up to be Tony. Yeah, absolutely. He leaves the house. He leaves the house. Then we get the stealth thing. Yeah. Then we get, um, he comes back from work for the TV, and, but that was right after stealth just tried to fight some thugs. Yeah. But then you find out it's his dad who's going through dementia. Yes. And, um... And because of that dementia... He thinks, um, you know, he thinks things are a little different. So, uh, later, or earlier on in the story, you find out that um, his dad kept calling Tony Eric, which is his brother. Yes. Not Eric's brother, the dad's brother, who has um, had been helping him be stealth for years. Yes. So that's kind of like a cool Batman Alfred kind of deal. And then um, he goes, Dad, I'm Tony, your son. Eric was your brother. He died six years ago. What the hell's going on? Then you see his dad go, Tony, where? Mask shoots up, where's the girl? The convention is Monday. Reagan and Bush will be in town. What is this all about? He punches this dude in the face. Reagan and Bush, where are they? What's happening? It turns out that um, Stealth was Stealth slash his, Tony's dad was actually beating the shit out of Tony. Yes. Because something's going on with the dementia and also the from suit. what we find out, the suit. Yes. So he goes, the men in the light, they're coming. I know it. I can feel it. They're coming back to fix me. Mm. What is happening? Yes. Oh, my God. This book is so good. This it really book is, good. is so good. I'm excited to see where it goes. I want to know yeah. what happens. This is one of those books that, like, catches you off guard. <coughs> Sorry, like... I did, like, a really thick-ass recap, and you didn't really get to talk that much. That's fine. This I is, like, you... a big-ass, intimidating book. It was good. And it's Cause... not even like it's a long read, too. No. It's a nice, easy jaunt. It's nice. No. The art's fantastic. Yeah, and the writing it's... flows. I think what's so cool about the story is that it is... Costa's been done a bunch right. of stuff. You know it's going to... It was cool that Costa uh, actually is talking about it. Um, there's a little back page to it. Yeah. Uh, you know how they normally have a letter from it. He's talking about uh, south, of eight, south of Eight Miles. That's where he's from. He's yeah. from Detroit. He goes, I... I love the fact that I get to write about my home. Yeah. And um, so you get to see one, see through like his eyes, but what's cool is that you get to see uh, the take of the, it, it's a take on the superhero where the, it's, it's the outliving of a superhero. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, he's stealth and Will he's Tony great. become stealth? Probably. You know, at some or, point. Or might not at all because yeah. of what happened to his father. Yeah. Or, you know, or... maybe the suit is fucking with his brain. Right, you maybe know. there's something that gets injected into him that makes him, like, Not stronger. even that much. He just, just may have dimension. He's an old well, man with yeah. dimension. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's not... It, it, but the, the last page makes me think maybe but it's like, something else. But, like, he thinks that, you know, keeping up the superhero thing is keeping him sane. Keeping him young, yeah. Right. And help, you know, that's why. So, yeah. it, you'll see that. It's an explanation of his dementia and, and the relationship it has on, 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 yeah. on a family through the eyes of a superhero. Which I think is... It's not even through the eyes of... It's through the eyes of a superhero's son. Right. And the superhero has dementia. Yeah. And his son has to deal with him being a superhero who's crazy. Right. That's you awesome. Know, it's such a cool twist on Yeah, because it's not like... Because when you read the book, it says something that it's going to be Eric and... Tony. Tony, sorry. Yeah. I'm doing it now. Exactly. <gasps> James has dementia. Um... <laughs> You know, going through it, and they're like, "All right, cool. You get it. He's gonna come home, and this yeah. is why he does it because he's he's just mad at the city." Mm-hmm. No, he really is just self is superior forever. Yeah, he hasn't known that. You know, uh, Tony doesn't know that his father's been at the entire time, and yeah. now because he has dementia, not only does he have to worry about his him at home, he, he has to worry about him on the streets and also other sudden, people. Yeah, now also he's because obviously out stealth attacked police officers, resulting right. in five being injured. Right. Instead of it being thugs, he thought he was being up. Yeah. And he also beat up his son, thinking it was a, a, a crime Yeah, uh, it was some criminal. crime boss. So. He also thinks he's back in the Bush and Reagan administration. Right. Which is really weird, because well, like, how far back does he think he is? Right, and that's probably Because this is cool, like a Golden Age, Silver Age kind of hero uh, in itself. Bush and Reagan would be. Silver? Uh, no, 70s, no. It would be way. I'd be modern. Gold. Age. Modern. Oh, modern. modern. Gold it's cool is to... 30s. 30s uh, yeah, 40s. I, I get messed up with that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, because uh, it would be good to see. Like, what actually happened. I'd like to see, like, a flashback right. where it's, like, him in his younger days. Which we'll, we'll, we'll probably will get. We will for sure you know, see it. This is an ongoing. Was, yes, it is. For right now. It's definitely, um, I definitely recommend this When book. this book was first coming out, like, when I kept seeing the solicits, I thought it was kind of like a lazy book. Yeah. Just because just seeing the covers and going, uh, they just named a book called Stealth and he's just, like, Falcon Batman. Okay, this is going to be lazy. Right. This is going to be meh. But you see Costa's name on it and you're like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. That, I'm just like, all right, let me try this. Mm. As always, because we're you always know, down for trying. You know, because I'm like, all right, it's a superhero book. And I like reading classic superhero books from I like other from, from independent that, yeah, companies, Marvel. <laughs> from yeah, from, our, from independent companies. So I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. Let me read it. I'm like, this is actually a really good book. Has a really good take on it because it's not just again, it's the aging superhero, and it's not the because what we it's normally, not like the Dark Knight Returns Batman. Right. Because like, what we normally get yeah, normally the aging normally superhero get we get is there's two aging superheroes. The one we would get it was the self-loathing hero, which is like yeah. sex. Spider-Man Rain, right? Spider-Man Rain, <laughs> sex, um, Dark, uh, uh, Dark Knight, the Dark Knight yeah. is a self-loathing old mm-hmm. retired superhero. Or you get the superhero where it's like I'm retired and my life's perfect, and now I just mentor young kids. Invincible. Well, no. until his dad's a little crazy, right? But yeah, uh, but it's always a <laughs> I retired and now I get to mentor heroes. Uh, you know, mentor young heroes. Batman but I'm Beyond. retired. <laughs> no, that's self, self-loathing. Hero. Is he though? Yeah, because I feel like he because yeah, he self- comes around pretty quick though. Yeah, but, but it's, I it's, it's a self-loathing. But yeah. then you have the other half. This is like this is you never get the wow. This is sort of the perspective of the the people that his his life. Yeah. So it's cool. I do like this. So what are you giving, giving it? it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm giving it a five. Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> what are you giving it? I'm giving it a five. Exactly. It's just it's just it's such a good take on stuff we've already seen a thousand times before. Okay. And I like it when they when good writers throw different stuff into the mix, especially in this day and age where everything's becoming a TV show or a movie and everything's the same and it all yeah. feels like just recycled material. It's just this is fresh. Yes. It's a nice refresh. Yes. 
So, guys, thanks for listening. You can head to our website, androidscomics.com, to check out this week's previews and new releases. Follow us on Instagram at androids underscore comics, the podcast Instagram at androids amazing podcast, and Twitter at androids comics for up-to-date news. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. Support your local comic book shops, and have a fantastic day! (laughs) I don't know how that Bane voice, like, it was good at the beginning, but I don't know if it stuck through to the end. It's trying. (laughs) I tried. It's trying. Have a nice day, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.